here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave. We are here, episode 50. And before we get started, we have a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Restaurant.com. With Restaurant.com, you can save at thousands of restaurants across the country with just a few clicks. Their dining deals range from $5 to $100, never expire, and cost you a fraction of the face value. Dinner has never been easier with Restaurant.com. Used for dine-in, takeout, or delivery, Restaurant.com is offering our listeners 50% off their next purchase by going to www.restaurant.com slash podcast. That's www.restaurant.com slash podcast for 50% off your next purchase. Restaurant.com, the best deal every meal. Man, super excited to bring you this episode today. Number 50. I'm 50. 50 years old. Maybe some of you get the Molly Shannon reference from SNL when she used to do that character. 50 episodes in. Really excited to be doing this show still. When I first started, I had no idea how many I would do and how far this would go. And I got into 50, and I can't wait to do another 50. So shout out to everybody who's been on here and has helped me put this thing together. Appreciate everybody who listens, reposts. Big up to all of you. Definitely, definitely helped make this thing what it is. So I appreciate it. Want to give a shout out to Vincent M. Ward, who was on the last episode. Really had a great time talking to him about The Walking Dead and things he's done. And The Walking Dead comes back this coming Sunday. So we finally get to see that last episode that we didn't get to see for season 10. Today's episode, we have a return, a reinvasion. Is that a word? I think so. Uh, from Griffin Scorsese. They were on episode 44. And if you did not listen to that one, please go back and check it out. But they're on this episode again. Don't have a lot of repeat guests, but they are one of the few. So shout out to Griffin Scorsese. They will be on this episode. We're going to play two remixes from their new album, Midnight Express. Another track off of that album as well. Definitely, definitely check out this episode. I'm really excited to talk to these guys. We break down the album track for track. Talk about the, the cover art and the whole idea behind the Midnight Express so really excited to bring this episode to you guys and listen to some new hip-hop. There's a lot of good music out there. I just got in the mail the new Public Enemy album. I got Paris coming. I'm going to review those on the next episode. I haven't played them yet, so I want to play them first before I start talking about them. I'm really excited to hear this new Public Enemy, man. We need this kind of music during this time. Uh, do I do it? Do I do it? I, I, I kind of don't want to do it, but all right, I'll do it for a couple minutes here. Um, the debate was uh, last night as I'm recording this, the debacle. And uh, I really don't want to talk about it because, first of all, I don't like talking about that orange clown. I try to avoid him on here because I like to be at peace and have serenity on this show because it's not about that. I don't like to talk about things that I hate. But anyway, uh, it's hard for me to, to do this and not at least acknowledge that mess yesterday. What a clown. I must have yelled, shut the fuck up, at least 30 times to the TV at Trump. This has nothing to do with how Joe Biden was on the debate stage. He, what is he supposed to do? Some orange jackass is just bullying you and abusing you the whole night, screaming and yelling like a lunatic. What is he supposed to do? I wanted him to walk over and punch him in the face. I, I really did. I, I, at least that's what I wanted to do. Uh, we called him a clown. He told him to shut up, man, a couple times. And I... I applaud him for that and big up to Joe. But yeah, that, that was just crazy. If I'm him... There was going to do two more of these, by the way. If I'm Joe, I'm seriously thinking about saying, you know, I, I can't do this. You, you guys need to put a, a kill switch on this guy's mic or something. I can't, I can't do this job, do this with this idiot talking. 
It's impossible. Wow. I'd rather watch Fast and the Furious, which I've never seen, by the way, because I don't want to. I think I'd rather watch one of those or two of those or three of those than sit through another one of these. That was one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch. My wife left the room because she saw how mad I was. She couldn't take it. And she saw five minutes where she said, that's enough. I can't do this. And she went and did something more entertaining. I think she went through some clothes. That sounds a lot more entertaining than watching Donald Trump speak. What a clown. He couldn't even denounce white supremacy. And not only did he not do that, he gave them a slogan and basically told them to get ready. Listen, if you're one of these people that's like, I'm undecided. First of all, I don't know how you could be undecided at all, even before yesterday. But even after that, you're still like, I'm not sure. Are you really? Are you really not sure? It's normalcy versus a lunatic. I don't know what there is to pick. It's ridiculous. Here, I'm going to quote my man George Carlin. Stay home. Stay home, honestly. If you really don't know what to do, if you're not sure, or actually, if you want to vote for Trump, I say stay home. Don't vote, please. Just just stay home. Complain about Joe Biden's presidency when he wins. Please, just don't come. Just stay home. Please. We don't, we don't need you. What a joke. I can't take this. I, man, I have so many things I want to say, but I, don't, I just want to get into this show and talk about <laughs> Midnight Express and Griffin Scorsese. Ugh, God, this guy just crawls under my skin and just stays there for a while. I can't stand it. How could anybody be down with this guy? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. There's two more of these. It's, it's, I don't even think I can watch one. I really don't. Joe, just talk to the camera. Tell the American people what you want to hear. Just pretend like that dude is not... I know that is impossible to do, but man, just there's got to be a way. God, I can't wait for this guy to go. You're listening to the Infinite Banter Podcast. I've I got to stop. I can't do the Trump stuff anymore. Uh, Infinite Banter Podcast. Find the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter. Facebook, Infinite Banter Podcast. Look us up on Instagram as well, Infinite Banter Podcast. Go to YouTube. Find clips from the show. Just search Infinite Banter. And you can listen to the show on all digital platforms. So find us there. All right. DMC, please get me out of this, this Trump hole. I don't want to talk about this clown anymore. Griffin Scorsese on the other side. New music. New album. Talking about all that. Yo, DMC, the legend, the king, let them know what they're listening to. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. Pins and needles, needles and pins, a happy man is a man that grins. Anybody who watches The Honeymooners knows that line, that scene from a classic episode where Ralph and Alice are trying to get past emotions that were bothering them. So that's what I have to do to get this Trump stank off of me. Ugh. I hate this motherfucker. This dude. Oh, man. All right. Griffin Scorsese, producer Griff, MC. Scorsese Lord Jones. They came on the show before they're on again. Talk about the new album, Midnight Express. And we're going to play a couple songs in this podcast. If you stick through the whole thing, there's two remixes that I'm going to play later on. These remixes are just ill as hell. Stay tuned for later on in the podcast. We will play two remixes from songs off of the Midnight Express album. But right now, let's play one of my favorite songs off of there. It's called Survivor Series 92. Got some Undertaker, Kamala references in there. Some audio from that coffin match they had at Survivor Series. One of my favorite joints off the album. This right here is a straight heat. Griffin Scorsese, Survivor Series 92 on the Infinite Banter podcast. On the other side of this song, we're going to talk to both of them. 
Satan real or am I tripping like the Simpsons? We victims of the system or are we just the symptoms? We the virus or the cure? What arose like Shakur in the shit no manure? We arose feeling coarse, but of course we got a war. What? It's Deep Space Nine when I rhyme. We station so far away from victories. Almost like we run twice as hard for an inch. Let us breathe. Fuck the prayers and the mayor. Yes. Kamala, she a problem. Lesser of two evils. You gotta vote for King of Kodos. The stranger in the photos. Going insane over voters. We getting chained over choices. Putting rings over voices. You getting brighter. Whether stallion the Philly. Word to McMillie. Turn noodles to more noodles. Can't afford lots. No. A monster, pull your card like Canasta Stand before the judge like Bob Costas with twin blocks You got the giant is out But it's not over until they can roll him in the coffin Oh, look at that, in the coffin You got the giant is in the coffin To whom do I owe this grand occasion? Running rights with the nation of domination. Farrakhan shivers aside the nation of the Wafa Rook was the alpha, the rock was undercover. Coming to America, Kofi was the headpiece, deepest and blackest. My crown was Archimedes. Triple the tag team punch around the merry go. Bow down a go, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego. Bracket unfavored, like Kurt Angle drawn one. Ed Lover, come on, son. The roots of undone. Management, hybrid. Brainiac and Bob Heaney couldn't trust Virgil. Skims off the top easy. Fuck a blue meanie. Too many plots. How is that? Triple H sledge tuck under sleeves. Forget back. Black power bigelow bussin' out that brothel. The series been survived. We speak for the Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your man Vincent M. Ward, a.k.a. Oscar from the number one show, The Walking Dead. And I'm here with my man Mark from Infinite Banter. Y'all better stay tuned. Peace. Just a quick note. You're listening to the Infinite Banter podcast, by the way. I'm Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave. Quick note here. Griff called in a little late, so I started the interview with Scorsese for about three or four minutes before Griff joined us. So it's a little unorthodox, but uh, we were talking about some good stuff at the beginning, and I wanted to keep it in here in the podcast. So those are interested in buying the Midnight Express album, listening to it. We talk about the album, and it's really uh, important to keep that in there. So it's me and Scorsese to start. Griff will join a few minutes in and just kick back and relax. We talk about this album in depth, and we're going to play a couple remakes is at the end of the interview here. So here we are, Griffin Scorsese on the Infinite Banter podcast. Scorsese kicks it off first. I got the CD last week, and of course, you know, publicist sent me the uh, the link. Man, it's been mm-hmm. like a month already. So yeah, I've heard it 
I don't know how many times I've played the whole album in, in, in its entirety, but yeah, man, it's it's dope, dude. There's no, um, and I'm not just saying this because you're talking to me right now, but there's no song that you go, ah, I could skip this one. You right. know, that, that's, that's important because, you know, a lot of days it's just like two or three songs and the rest is just filler. That's literally like what I wanted to hear. The pressure, of course, is like, okay, it's only, and I told Griff, I was like, I don't want to go, I didn't want the album to be longer than 30 minutes and I didn't want to do any more than 10 songs max. Right. You know, we got to the point once we got to nine, I was like, dude, this is perfect. Everything flows together perfectly. You you understand the unifying message. Um, there's enough variety in the type of songs. And most importantly, like every single person on the project brought their A game, man. Yeah, they all like, killed it. They all killed it. And, and the cool thing is, too, like you're, you're right, the 30 minutes is the right amount of time because how many double albums we've heard in our lifetime, you know, I'd skip through a lot of those tracks. I don't care how good the whole, as, as a whole they might be, you can't play all of them. I don't have that time. I don't have the time. I don't have that kind, yeah. of, I don't have that kind of time to listen to a 90-minute album. Like, I really don't. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's it, right? Like, I felt like if this album is a nice... 20, like I said, I think it, it clocks in even if if you added the the CD only exclusive, right? Like the debt, the extra debt left, right? It literally clocks in right at like twenty five minutes. That's perfect. It's perfect. That's perfect. I could absorb the songs more because I feel like there's songs that I'm hearing them the third, fourth time, like Bobby Seals, like really catching me. You know, mm-hmm. obviously with what's going on has a lot of feeling too, but yeah, definitely, yep. definitely rings true. And that's what's crazy. Everybody, like, I know. I, I like I, you know I love them all, and that was the one that like really caught me. Everybody saying, "Yo, Bobby Seals is that fucking song." Like, I yeah. love fucking Bobby, and I was like, yeah. "Whoa, really?" Right. Like Alaska, Alaska texted me this morning, and he was just like, "Yo, that he said that in an outline." He said, "That's that fucking line is incredible," and I was like, "Like to hear that from Alaska fucking Adams." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> there it is. Like, that made my whole day. Like, oh, yeah. if you're somebody that ill, say, yo, that line is fucking incredible. Man. And just telling me over and over, like, yo, dude, you killed every one of these songs. Like I said, there's no skip-throughs. I mean, there's a couple that kind of catch up. You know, if you hear them a couple times, they sneak up on you like, man, I, I don't want to say it now. I, I mean, I will, but I'll, I'll save it for later also. But Death of Smoky Mountain is that one that I think is a sleeper joint on here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of biased because I heard three of these songs before. So soon, And they all, right. they're all right in a row. So like Det Lev, the Marvel joint, the Camp Low, like oh, I already know them songs backwards or forwards. Yeah. So you know I can, you know, just just relax and have them in the background. But the other ones, I, I'm trying to like obviously for this reason because we're doing this, I wanted to pay a little more closer attention to. But yeah, I'll right. mention that when we really get started official. But that the Smoky Mountain might be that sleeper joint. Zilla hit me up about that song, and he was like, "Yo, who is this dude I see?" Her? <laughs> <laughs> and I. And it's funny, so Asir, um, I only ran into him because he was working, he did a song with my producer, Panels. So the guy who did East Hampton Polo Boys with me. And he just happened to retweet this Asir song to my timeline. And it was a song he did with him. So of course, because that's my producer, like I listened to his song. And I said, you know, I, yo, check this out. You know, my producer did this, yada, yada, yada. And I stopped and I was like, yo, this motherfucker is nice. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> and when I I started working, I'm giving, I guess I'm giving the story away. I guess I could have saved it. But when I, I sat down and was like, yo, I, I want to do this song, this Death on Smoky Mountain record. I was like, I need somebody that can match, like vocally match the tempo of this beat. Because I knew I wasn't going to be loud. Yeah. 
And it's more laid back, back too, before. so it's not yeah. like in your face. Right. That song, funny enough, was originally uh, it was for the culture. It was a song that I did for AJ Gray, and uh, Jason heard it, and Jason was like, "Nah, we got to get a different beat for this." And I was like, "Well, I'm not giving up this beat. Like, I fucking love this record." <laughs> and he was like, "We'll think of something else." And I was watching. I think I was watching Vice, uh, Vice TV, and they were and Jim Cornette was on, and he was talking about uh, New Jack and Smoky Mountain. And so that led me to start like looking at new. Now I'm just YouTubing old Smoky Mountain videos. Right. You know, of course, I started with the New Jack videos, and I, you know, kind of went from there. And you see the, uh, you know, the the Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Dalian and everything else and i was like yeah i gotta do this and i want to talk about that you, you hear me like rap all, all like the different little wrestling references in the verse and you know just sacrificing you know you're, you're sacrificing your your own confidence and the, your love for something for money it's really what the song is about gotcha you know what i mean and so you kind of hear me talking you hear me like even i i mentioned the process you know like the whole dario Saric uh thing like i oh man i love that fucking record so much i love it <laughs> I'm sorry. No, man. It's good to be proud of this joint, man. You should be. It's it's a it's a classic album already, and it just came out yesterday, right? So here we go. <laughs> Ten I'm bangers listening. plus a, plus a remix. I'm telling you. I'm telling. And I, you know, I've been saying this all year long, and I wasn't saying it to be disrespectful. I wasn't saying it to be. Oh, you went face. <laughs> I, I did. I was... <laughs> What's going on here? Wait a minute. I was definitely. I I was definitely a righteous baby face in that moment and i said yo this album is gonna be if you listen to it and you want to give an honest listen you're gonna mention this album as one of the best albums of this year and i don't want i don't yeah. care what anybody says if you legitimately sit down and listen to this project you're gonna fucking love it no doubt about it it's only been out what yesterday was the first day it came out right 24th Yep, um, that was the first official day that it touched down. So, man, man, I'm just, I'm just really excited for it. You know, a lot of stuff has been happening, um, both in my personal life and just period. But hearing the response to it, the people telling me like, "Yo, I like this. Yo, I like this. Yo, I'm still stuck on this." And it's funny, you know, like, like you said, right? Like you've had Ode to Camp Low. Mar you had the sing, you've had the singles for yeah, since you guys were on what back in July early yeah. august which i remember yeah when it was right yep. yep you've had them for months now and you've had a chance to really digest them and listen to them and, but being able to hear everything in sequence and then most importantly being able to really like digest it like that's the big point to me is like yo i want you to be listening to this like a month later two months later and going whoa i didn't know what the hell he was talking about or whoa i see how this reference means and you know what i mean that's right what, that's what i'm hearing from people like yo i got to Sit with this album. I gotta sit with this album, and it's like I said again, it's only twenty two minutes, and that I feel like is the mark of what makes this album really good. It's not long. It's not drawn out. I I wasn't like yo, let me let me do like two more records just to be on the safe side. You know, it was like no, like this is all it needs to be. You know, it's perfect. Even like Rocket Launcher, like I love like Rocket Launcher is my favorite record on there. Oh, I think here he is. You know. Let me let me grab him here. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. What's up, Griff? Yeah, buddy, what's going on? What's happening, man? We got Scorsese still here too. Yes, sir. All right, all right. What's up? Can you hear me? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. I don't. I think he just snapped on you. I didn't hear what he said though. <laughs> oh, he did. Ironically, see, 
the irony here is that I was I was cutting a full baby face promo for you, and the first thing you do is get on here and start running your yapper, trying to cause dissension in, in the, the world's greatest tag team. All right, I got something. It's called, the, it's called the heel turn, and it was <laughs> just it. miraculously executed. <laughs> yes, we got a night. So we're doing a double turn. This is off. This is often uh Bret Hart. Austin Angle. WrestleMania set at WrestleMania 15. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, is. in the spirit of. Uh, Double turns, like, I, I know that one's regarded as the best one of all time, but I do feel like the Austin-Kurt Angle one after that whole alliance thing was very well done, too. That was a good one. Yeah. I would. I, I also really like the alliance angle. I know it's, like, pretty universally hated and shitted on, but I enjoyed it. That's because people are idiots. There was no, so, <laughs> I think if you... I, we are talking about wrestling fans. They are pretty dumb. Yes. <laughs> people, people had in their mind with the with the alliance angle that they were going to get WCW versus WWF. And well, thing, people are just... And they're butthurt because they didn't get Sting or Nash or Hall or anybody yeah, like that, yeah. you know? The best they got again, was Booker T. Those guys weren't going to wrestle anyway because they had those massive-ass... For Time Warner contracts. Why would I wrestle when you're paying me to stay at home? Exactly. Like seven million dollars to not work. To not work. And if you and if you tell me in four years once all their contracts expire, then you want to do it? Oh no, you're not gonna care anymore. <laughs> so you can't have it both ways. Or can you? Uh. <laughs> or you guys could just be the ones that are not quite heel, not quite face. The, the, the lines oh, are blurred, which is basically like everybody saying. now, you know, for the most part. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody, nobody likes being a true uh, heel anymore. Everybody wants to sell merch. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's true. Everybody. Everybody's the cool heel. The only the only legit heel in WWE is Baron Corbin. Exactly, and that's why I love. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say Randy Orton to a point, but. Uh... Yeah, but everybody thinks Randy Orton's cool. Like, yeah, he's and he's cool always a jerk. And everybody loves the RKO. But at least Randy Orton is attempting to do his thing. So yeah, he just yeah. Uh, maybe Bailey is Bailey a true heel? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Especially if she wasn't now. before, she is now. Yeah, right. <laughs> she definitely is. Have we? Do we actually start? I'm getting ready to. If you guys are ready to go, we can go ahead and make oh, this okay, official. Cool. No, I mean we were just a, we're like chopping it up with the. Great yeah, time. no, I we. <laughs> we were talking for like ten minutes. We're gonna and, we're uh, gonna start recording, and we're all gonna, gonna be like, oh, I don't know. I already finished my notes <laughs> in, before you call Griff, so uh, we're pretty much done. You know, <laughs> I'm just playing. Okay, okay. I mean, you, you know, I probably wasn't gonna contribute much anyway. Ooh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get a word in edgewise. That's true. You got you got three idiots talking and you hear this? <laughs> this is too I much. mean, I'm, I wasn't talking about you, Mark. No, I was, but I I will do that because I call myself an idiot all the time. Um, whether that makes me a heel or a face, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> self-loathing. All right, here we go, man. Let's go make this official. See if I could do better than the last time I tried to do an intro for you guys. Now that I know the rules of the podcast, yeah, yeah, doing, I can talk my shit. See, I came in last time. I came in a little comfy and relaxed. Yeah, you put your shoes on in the house. You know what I mean? Just put your feet up on the table, grab the remote, everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm here. Now I'm home. It's infinite banner, man. You hear me? Look, it's your boy Scorsese, Lord Jones, man. One half of the dream team, one third of insubordinate records, one third of the nation gang, one seventh of the zip squad, one half of the East Hampton polo boys. All that good shit. Infinite banner, man. DJ Soundwave. And guess what? Fuck Jason Griff. Whoa. Gotta make sure I say it two times. Fuck Jason Griff. All right? 
What's good? We here, man. In that express. Y'all know what time it is. What's up, Griff? <laughs> what up? What up? <laughs> I mean, how, how do you even follow that? He leaves with the Steiner map, finishes saying, fuck me. I don't, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> man, that's crazy. <laughs> For those listening, you tuned into the Infinite Banter podcast. You know these two dudes. I don't have a lot of repeat guests on this show. But I'm joined by Select Company here because I've been on more than once. The manager himself, Jason Griff, Scorsese, Lord Jones. I think he's the heel, but he might be face. He might go back and forth. We're not sure. Their new album, Midnight Express, multiple tag partners. Album just dropped. They're here for retribution, but they're better than that retribution that you see on Mondays and I think on Fridays. Griffin Scorsese. What's up? No T-bars here, man. <laughs> what, what do they call it, like Blade or something? They like stupid names, man. <laughs> I, yeah, so here, hold on. Before we get to this, I got to make sure I say this, all right? I don't think there's anything wrong with retribution, all right? I think that much like everything, everything is a process, and people are too willing to shit on everything before they even give it a chance. It's the same thing, right? Wrestling fans want long-term storylines, but they don't want to wait for anything to play out. They don't want the they don't want the build up. They don't want the build up at all because build up means you're wasting my time. So which one is it? Is it Uchiwali or is it one Mike? <laughs> That's a good reference. There. there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. So like, I think Retribution came. They slowly built up. They finally decided on who the wrestlers are gonna be. You got like literally like if Dominic you got Dijak. You got Mia Yim. It's, uh, Mercedes well, Martinez, right? She's in there. Uh, Martinez, Shane Thorne is in it too, right? Yeah, Shane Thorne. So you have a that's a nice fucking stable, right? You give them just give them a chance, let them wrestle, let them kick a little ass, and dijack the mouth. What are you complaining and, about? And you know what? Here's the thing too. Like the whole stable is also like all former indie darlings. That yes. like the smart the the smarks should be all about it. Correct. But they're still hating on it. It's not like they put Baron Corbin in the fucking group. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Mojo Rawley's not, not in not, there, right? Look, I'm just saying, it's not Riddick Moss, okay? Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they could have, it's not Riddick Moss and fucking Tino Sabatelli or whatever. You actually, you, it's literally all of your favorite wrestlers from fucking Shimmer and Evolve and I mean, Mercedes Wrestling. Martinez is a fucking legend, you know? Yeah, she's a boss. She's an absolute boss. Tito Sabatelli, though, like, for real, back in the day, I remember playing uh, Madden, and he was in it, because he used to be a safety on the Buccaneers. His real name name is, his yeah, uh, his real name's Sabby Piscoletti. And I always remember being like, yo, that's a funny name. And then (laughs) watching him in NXT, it's like Tito Sabatelli. I'm like, yo, that's a funny name. That's what I mean, though, right? Like, no, disres- no disrespect to uh, Italians, Italian-Americans, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a lot of vowels popping, and when you say it a lot out loud, it just it just pops funny. <laughs> Dude, the fact that he was a fucking second-round pick. And I think Corbin, yeah. Corbin like a third-rounder or something? I like, don't know he, if Corbin went that high. Yeah, Corbin went pretty high. I know he started with the Arizona Cardinals. He wasn't a bum off the street. Like That's actually why he has that little that fat guy pouch. Where he's lost yeah. all that weight, but it's still like just that little like layer of fat. That'll never go away, like, right? Yeah. Yeah, it'll never go away. You can be a fucking offensive lineman. You know what I mean? But anyway. My thing with retribution is is that I wish they would own up to the whole like these are indie darlings. Like they should take their mask off, like, look, I'm Mia Yim. I kicked ass all over this country, all over the planet. You know, like like rep that. Like I want them to instead of just being like they're beating people up and then they're signed. It does seem kinda of weird, but like you know, the transition you know what of it. If they did that? If they did that, you know what you would get? 
fucking crickets. Yeah, because, yeah. I guess you're right. While while indie <clears throat> while indie fans like me, um, and other people like yourself, we know who the hell Mia Yim is. We understand that Mercedes Martinez is a badass. We know that Dijak is a badass. You know, Shane Thorne, if you watch, you know, obviously MD, uh, The Mighty Don't Kneel, you know he's a badass. But to the world at large, they don't know who these, these fucking guys are. And that's the, this is the part that, like, the hardcore wrestling fans, who are, like, the most vocal motherfuckers, that's what they don't get. Nobody gives a fuck that Dijak signed your T-shirt when he was wrestling in front of 100 people <laughs> in the middle of fucking Massachusetts. I mean, it's just being real. Like, you could say... Well, I watched Dijak put on a five-star classic in the Somerville National Armory. Like, nobody cares, bro. Like, he's got to learn how to fucking wrestle for national TV, which means you got to get over that shit, let him do his fucking job, and then enjoy it for what it is. One of the reasons why I fucking love Keith Lee, Keith Lee kept it a buck with me when I, the very first time I met him, he's like, I don't want to wrestle here anymore. I want to go to WWE. I want to wrestle in a nice fucking arena. Right, get paid. <laughs> and he, and then he gets, he gets there in a fucking pandemic, and there's nobody in the crowd. And nobody's in the crowd. But guess what? He's like, this ain't nothing. I'm used to this. I'm used to this shit. And that's what I mean. So anyway, we're getting off topic, but we're on topic. No, this is definitely not off topic, man. <laughs> definitely. Never off topic because talking we're, wrestling, man. We're, but we're in the wrong territory, man. We got to go back to the territory era for this Midnight Express shit. Midnight Express is different, man. We talking about retribution, Midnight Express time, man. The album is here. You know what I mean? You're at the Rosemont Horizon the right now, you here. know. Yes. <laughs> we're in the fucking... We're in the fucking sportatorium, man. We're we're making fucking town coast to coast, man. We're in Louisville. We're in North Carolina. We're driving down to Florida to hang out with Dusty, baby. You know what I mean? The Midnight Fucking Express, dog. It's different. Man, it's talk about that concept. About How you guys came up with that concept for this album, Midnight Express, for people who don't know wrestling. Talk about that man. whole idea. We banged out the um the dream team, the Stokely Hathaway joint. Most of you guys know. Uh, Stokely Hathaway, of course, was the manager um, and evolved. Now he's uh, Michael Bivens. And truthfully, like that project, when I approached Griff about it, it was more my project than his. Um, Griff was, in his own words, and he'll tell you, he's kind of getting back into producing, right? As I was like, yo, let's do this project. And so, you know, we kind of just built around like ideas until we got the project together. This one um, was more organic. As we kind of began putting it together, I was like, yo, wouldn't it be dope? if I had a guest on every record. And he was like, like what? I was like, like the Midnight Express. You know, the Midnight Express, as they travel from territory to territory, they were known for changing tag partners. And if you look, you know, and obviously Jim Cornette, he acknowledges different people, but there were some like, I think it's like 23 members of the Midnight Express with the constant obviously being Jim Cornette and either Condry, Stan Lane, or uh, Beautiful Bobby Eaton. Right. And so I was like, yo, it would be ill if we just got somebody from every single coast, every single area to rep on the project. And so that's really what we did. And, I, you know, obviously the constant, of course, Griff as the manager, he's the producer. I am, you know, the Condry Lane, uh, Bobby Eaton. And yes, it just, it just started working itself out because now it's going from the guests are organic. You know, I'm never a big believer in like having a, a ton of guests on my project because I believe I can carry my own. But in this particular case, I was like each guest, enhances the overall record and it also forced me as a writer to be on my a game and i'm always i'm never slacking i'm never like writing some bullshit but in this case it was like i was feeling myself as a writer and as an artist i was like nah none of these motherfuckers can fuck with me 
And I felt so confident in the, in the shit that I was putting together that I was like, nah, fuck that. Go get, go get Castro. Go get Zilla. Alaska was available. You know what I'm saying? Let me get Alaska. Right. I want to rap with Alaska. Let me call up Sleep Sinatra because I know he's nice. I got to get with him. Um, and then even like the cat I fear, you know, I had never heard of him before I started this process. But when I heard him, I'm like, nah, I got to rap with him. And like a lot of artists, um, whenever I'm working on music like this, I tend to, you know, I'll, I'll write my I'll write my verse first and then I'll send it. You know, and I'm never the type like, oh, fuck it. I got to replace it and do some different shit. I'll always I'll write it, send it and give it to the artist. Like, yo, this is my idea. What do you think? And then we do our thing. Not every artist does that. Some artists will send a beat, be like, yo, do your 16 and send it back so they can write against it. That was my thing. Like, fuck that. I know my shit is nice. I know these fucking verses are incredible. So I don't care who it is. Let's go. So on your end of it, being the producer, making the beats, hearing the tracks, hearing the verses, what's it like on your end when you're getting this stuff coming back to you and you're seeing how it all fit together? It's almost like a puzzle, right? You got this guy, Ryman, and, and Scorsese, and you're fitting it with the beats and the titles and such. Like, How's it as a producer working with so many artists for one project? It's awesome, to be honest with you, because uh, you know, I think anytime you work with a different producer, it's just an opportunity to, to grow. You know, which sounds kind of corny, you know, um, like I feel like one of those like self-help uh, inspiration speakers on Instagram, you know, <laughs> expand your network and and watch yourself grow as a artist and for only nine ninety nine a month, well, you know, and, uh, but <laughs> but but for real, because like I always have, um, uh, you know, you kind of have an idea of how things are going to go and then you'll get a verse that's just like. Oh, that wasn't I was what I was expecting at all, but it's fucking great, and I'm gonna run with it. Like, um, I had also never heard a seer before, and like that first came on, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, I was expecting somebody to come at it like, you know, kind of uh, I guess because that track, uh, Death of Smoky Mountain, it's got a real, it's got a real like bouncy vibe to it, like the beat does. So mm -hmm. it's definitely something that like a modern you know, uh, for lack of a better term, like a mumble rapper or a trap rapper could do, you know, that sort of thing on, uh, which also would be cool. But like a seer just like went all in um, from a totally different angle. And that shit was awesome. Um, and then like Detlef was funny because, um, you know, we have the bonus remix cut with uh, Flash's Clayton on there. <laughs> and I, I actually had flashes clayton's verse before eddie kane's verse so um so the beat and all the drops and everything were were molded to the way flashes spit it and then i got eddie kane's verse and i threw it in there and i'm like oh i'm gonna have to rework this whole fucking verse and i threw it in there and i'm like this is fucking great like it fit perfectly so like originally like i knew i wanted i guess let's 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 go back to the beginning of this shit so the first couple of beats that I got for what became Midnight Express were originally going to be for the Fedora Boys project. So, you know, uh, Mark, you know, we started It's a Subordinate Record Label um, with me, Jason Griff, and Alex Ludovico. Right. And one of the projects we've kind of been like, I don't say stuck in neutral, but we've just been kind of like steadily kind of putting together is the Fedora Boys. So that's actually going to be me, Alex, and Griff. Um, and it's going to be our, you know, our, our super group record. And Jason originally sent these records to us, um, including Boring Gun Raps. And that's actually why you hear me say that at the beginning. I'm like, you know, Boring Gun Raps, Adora Boys. So that was going to be the name of the album. It was going to be Boring Gun Raps. And he sent that beat. He sent Detlef. 
and Camp Low. I know we're three of them. I think there's like one more. And Survivor Series 92 with a four B team, um, amongst others. And I wrote to all of them. And uh, Alex kind of going through something. So he kind of was writing, but he was kind of not feeling it. And I was just sitting on these records. I was just sitting on these verses. Um, Deadless in particular. And I'm like, God, Deadless is so incredible. I got to put this out. And I just kept saying to myself, I got to find a way to put Deadless out. Even though I put nothing else out from this shit. And I knew uh, I wanted a feature on it. I left it open for a feature. And originally I tried to get uh, tried to get Benny the Butcher on the record. And unfortunately that didn't happen because uh, right when we were able to get in contact with him, he got signed. And so his price went from being right. somewhat reasonable to, yeah, exactly, to, oh, shit, I forgot. I'm a literal independent artist paying for shit out of my pocket. I can't afford what you just asked me. <laughs> Man. Uh, like, that go from debt left like, to Michael hey, Jordan, like, in a second there. You, you basically just exactly. jumped. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So, but I knew I wanted a New York sound. So I was like, yo, uh, I was listening to Nezzy Star. It was a project by Eddie Kane. And I was just kept going more like, yo, this dude, Eddie Kane, is so fucking ill. And I reached out to him right as quarantine happened, like literally like March. And uh, he was like, yo, I w-, he heard it. It was like, yo, I fucking love this record, but I can't get to the studio because of quarantine. So I was like, fuck, I get it. Um, and he was like, yo, if I can get into the studio, I'll let you know. But I really love the record. And he kept hitting me back, letting me know, yo, I'm really loving this record. And I was just kind of stuck. So I'm like, well, I want to meet my deadline. Um, so I saw uh, Flash of Clayton, rapper, real dope dude. Currently, I think he's from the East Coast, but like he's stationed in Cali now. Uh, real ill rapper. Um, and so I hit yo, him I up. Thought he was he was, in, I actually thought he was in Indianapolis. No. <laughs> For real? <laughs> he's definitely not in Indianapolis. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not in Indianapolis. I was like, yo, you know, um, what do you think about this? And he hit me up and he's like, yo, I'll, yeah, I'll get on it. I'm like, I think it's still record. And it's funny because he kept asking me for uh, what, what were Griff's drums. And of course, I have no idea what the fuck the drums are. So I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he did his verse. He sent it back. And I was like, yo, it's an ill verse. And right as I got Flash and Clayton's verse back, Eddie hit me up. He's like, yo, I can get back in the studio. I'm going first thing first to go do this verse for you. And, like, he was so just, like, energized about doing this verse. And I was like, all right, cool. We'll come through. And he did it. Um, I heard it. And I was like, this got to be the album verse. I want the Eddie Kane version to be the album version. Like, I like this verse. And so he had this extra verse, this Flash and Clayton verse. And so Griff was like, yo, how about we just add it as a bonus? And I was like, let's go one better. Let's do those two verses plus a new verse for me. And we'll make that like a like a throwaway, like a B-side or something, right. you know? And so that turned into the small pro remix. Nice. You know what I'm saying? And so that joint, that joint's crazy. That might be the uh, the most street record on the album. Like just, just straight, yeah. straight gangster, man. That was the joint that got us a lot of love from uh, Insomniac Mag. They put us, that was our first time ever touching their top 10 list. Um, that was the record that most people picked up on. Like they heard it. Cause like I said, it's a, uh, I think Griff didn't I send you that sample? The the sample the for the beat? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's you get your, a, little, your little co production credit there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like I no, I I sent a couple. I'm actually proud of myself. I know I sent I know I sent that one. And 
I want to say Survivor Series 92 was the other beat that I like the other one that I picked out. I believe you are correct. Right. So I, look, look, see? I, now you see why I say fuck Jason Griff? Wow. I don't need a manager anymore. <laughs> I don't need a mouthpiece. <laughs> this is where you throw him over the top rope and claim that you uh, don't need a manager anymore. It just happened. It's the equivalent. <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta break, you break the tennis racket and get him out of here. Right. When, when, when demolition slammed Mr. Fuji and uh, powers of pain dusted him yeah. off and said, "We'll take you." Exactly. Right. <laughs> Slamming Fuji. I respect you, Mr. Booker. Man, <laughs> you gotta go full heel out here. Let's do this. Like I said, man, we. I think our biggest thing with this record. Is like this. This feels like the first actual Griff Scorsese record because it's not just me. You know what I mean? It's me and Griff, and we're you know we're throwing ideas back and forth. And you know, I was I was more willing to tell Griff like, "Hey, I don't like that," or "Is change this," or "Oh, what about this?" And Griff would send me stuff back, and he would put whatever he wanted, and I was like, "Okay." You know, uh, Rocket Launcher is a perfect example because it originally was. I think I forgot, but I think that B he sent me like a hundred BPMs or some fucking insane shit. <laughs> um, yeah, it sounded like some. It sounded like like it was like I was like, am I gonna have to yodel over this shit? <laughs> oh god, it was so it was so fast. I gotta find the original beat, but the one thing that it had was that intro, that boom, that simple boom, 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 boom. Boom. And I was like, yo, just cut that. That's all I want. Just those and loop that. You know, I'm pretty sure, like, I, I've never seen his face when he saw that email. But I'm pretty sure he's like, who the fuck does this guy think he is to tell me to loop my shit? <laughs> Griff, do you remember your face when you saw that email? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I mean, I do remember. It was it was more of a, more of an eye roll and uh, kind of like a, that seems like the typical response I'd get from Scorsese. Oh, there you go. See? I was like, like literally, like I read it, I rolled my eyes, and I'm like, yeah, it figures. I mean, I, I just knew. Hey, I mean, it's fine. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not complaining. That actually means we have fantastic chemistry. There it is. Well, I mean, it was because like the way the beats. I knew I wanted because you know way the way the album starts with boring gun raps. Right? There's no drums. It's just really and again, it's a loop, right? But I remember when Jason sent, like, I remember when Jason sent Boring Dunraps. And th- that was the first thing he said. He was like, I've had this beat forever, but I could never decide what kind of drums to put on it. And I was like, well, fuck it. We're making a, a record called Boring Dunraps. So this is perfect because, again, right? Like, the idea, we were originally, me and, me and Alex, we were talking about Boring Dunraps, the album. It was kind of like, we don't want to do what Griselda's doing. We don't want to do what, a lot of the New York underground is doing. We don't want to do truthfully what a lot of the, the, for the lack of a better term, the mainstream underground, right? Because I know it sounds super oxymoronic, but the same dudes who just, you know, they're getting the, the quote unquote, the beat maker who's looping up something they found on YouTube, who don't know how to program drums, who don't know how to chop samples, but Hey, I'll give you this sample, chop that for, four bars and you'll rap over it because it sounds really dope. And I can, I can do it out of that with the, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I was like, nah, I said, I can do that. Like that shit is easy, but what's going to be hard is doing this and having some flavor with it. And so at the end, I was like, I want to do the same shit, but I want it to be 
really, 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 I want that shit to sound like the apocalypse, man, really dark. It's a good intro and, song for the record, you know, because you got the, the sample yeah. with look in the mirror, you idiot, right, at, right off the top. Yeah, I had to Google Carl Thomas. I'm like, what, what's, what's up with Carl Thomas? I'm trying to remember that dude. I remember he was a singer. I'm like, what was, what was he saying about Carl Thomas's <laughs> neck? Like, what, turtle so, something? What? <laughs> Carl Thomas was known for wearing that turtle neck. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I flipped it. So I was like, so you remember, if you watch Entourage, you remember Turtle from Entourage. And so it's a it's a really ill like play on words. Obviously, it's like you know you turtle up. My entourage swarming is boom boom clap. Sing Jeezy chorus. So many trees uh. barely see the forest. Sees the day when I grip the Taurus. And then so like that whole like early like yeah. rhyme scene was, and that's what I mean. Like that's like that's the type of shit when I'm talking about like yo. I knew like even when I said like um in that where I was like yo I keep the eagle because I need them bucks. Like that's literally I wrote that shit. Oh God, when Eagle Dollar was still on ironically when Eagle Dollar still played for uh Golden State. But that line works today because he's now like he literally is one of the reasons why the Bucks got sent home. So obviously it's a play on, oh, there on you go. uh Andre Eagle Yeah, Andre Eagle Dollar's name, right? Keep the Eagle because I need them bucks. Eagle Dollar. Eagle Dollar. But it's also I need Eagle Dollar to beat the Bucks. Which is Miami needed them to beat the Bucks. Oh man! And so, I, I, bro, like I just I sit and I, you know, perfect fuck being humble. I'm trying not. To, I'm trying to look. You're trying to be the face, bro, but you can't. I, yeah, I can't. Fuck that! Like, I, you look. I know for a fact if you listen to this shit, you listen to this shit song by song, line by line, you're gonna go, "Yo, I'm hearing shit that I wasn't even realizing I was hearing," because it sounds so simple, but there's so it's so complex and. That's I think that was where me and Griff where the chemistry really spiked because Griff never would be like, yo, I hear this and eh, it's cool. Like everything that I sent back. There's like there's there's like two songs that Griff was like I didn't like um from the initial batch. But I think it was more like I don't know if he didn't like them because he didn't like the verses, he didn't like the concept, or he didn't like the way it would fit on the record. Um I knew one was like the candy tan it was woman and it was candy tangerine dream. Uh, I forgot about that one. See? And I think those are songs that Alex had picked out um, for the Fedora Boys project. And, you know, we just, those are just, they're not vaporware, but they're just sitting on a hard drive somewhere waiting to be used. Yeah, that's one of my notes on here is that I catch new lines every time I play the albums. I've played it, you know, a dozen times already. And that's what I like about it is that every time you listen to it, you catch a new line. One of my favorite lines from the Survivor Series record is the Heroes for Hire, Fist to Iron. I don't want to butcher your line, but you know, I'm just because I'm a comic nerd, so I caught it right off the top. I'm like, oh, the line play, and of course, the samples and the beats are just every one of them, man, just on point with this record, man. Man, thank you, oh, thank you. That is fucking awesome. That's, but that was our that was our, our goal, man. You know, like a lot of really good records have dropped this year, man. Like obviously, top of the year you had uh, Curly Castro and Kim Rock dropping Shrapnel, um which is still like one of my favorite rap, uh, just one of my favorite album period of the year. Um, you know, uh, you had Zilla, he dropped Row House Whispers um, with Red 45. You had uh, Shrines from Backwoods, you know, they dropped like like legitimate, like the Quell Chris. Quell Chris dropped an incredible record this year. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Freddie Gibbs, that one, I, I, that one's yeah. another banger. Mm. Alfredo the Marlo incredible. Part Two, you know what I'm yeah, 
Yeah, shout out to Solomon Brigham, and shout out to uh, Lawrence. Um, or is it Laurent? I, I always say that wrong. I never heard it pronounced. I don't even know how it's said. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I thought, it was, I thought it was just like Leonge, like French. I see. That's why we we like. So would it be like Laurent? <laughs> like, see, I don't know. Uh, maybe like you leave out the G or something. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> we're uh, but, we're we're going in on um, uh, European uh, languages today. Kind of exactly. Bunch of dicks. We, <laughs> we, get, we look, man. We got our beef with Europeans, man. I think it's L.O. range. Oh, yeah, I'm going to start calling it that for now on. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but we, um, yeah, like when you think about it, that was really our goal. And I was, once, you know, we kind of got to the point in quarantine where we're like, okay, the album is done. Let's get it in the hands of people to start mixing it and bringing it to life. We both knew, and I, you know, I kept calling Griff about it. It was like, yo, Griff, Midnight Express is fucking insane. And he was like, you're right. And I'm like, no, I'm not saying that like, hey, we just made this piece of art and it's dope. Like, this album is fucking good. Like, am I going, am I nuts for saying that? And he was like, no, like, it's really fucking good. And, you know, it's one of those things where like, as a, as a, as a rapper, man, like, I'm, I'm, I don't say I'm on to the next one, but, like I rarely go back and listen to my old stuff. Mm, facts, big facts. You know? Yeah, because I'm, you know, and that was even when I was, I think I was talking to Griff. We're already talking about the next project. You know, um, I'm already, I've already written my next Polo Boys project. I've got to go record it. I've, you know, I just, I'm always thinking about next steps and what I got to do next, and that my mind keep just moving. Um, but I man, like, I go back and I listen to Midnight Express two, three times a day, because I'm just like, man, this album is so... And I don't skip anything. I don't skip my own songs. Because I feel like if I if I skip Born Gun Raps, then Bobby Seale doesn't have the same impact. If I go to Ode to Camp Low, which is a great song that devalues Marvel vs. DC, which is a fucking crazy record, and, you know, so on and so forth. And... I just kept I just kept going back to this like yo, if you don't fuck with this album, you'll probably never fuck with me. You'll never fuck with Jason Griff. Like there's nothing we can do to make you like our shit. Because like this album is fucking incredible. You know what I mean? Yeah, there it is. There it is right there for you. I, I was telling you guys before that uh Bobby Seal is probably I, I don't have a favorite song, but the one that's been definitely one that I've been really gravitating towards is that one especially with all that's going on right now uh what were your guys thoughts when you put him up with that record and of course the samples of him speaking and everything <laughs> um so ironically enough bobby seal was the first record that was completed for the album um bobby seal was in the initial beat pack that jason sent for the fedora boys project and it was the one song, me and Alex wrote it together in his old apartment when I was out in L.A. Uh, we were drinking whiskey, we were drinking some nice Maker's Mark. And we just wrote it. And I, the line that got me and made me start writing was when he said, what side of the coin do you fall on? And I was like, OK, so we're going to do like the heads and tails type thing. And I think that's what we that was the code name for the record. We didn't have a name yet. It was just we were going to call it heads and tails, which I... 
I was like, oh my god, that sounds so fucking generic. Like I hate generic names. But, like, <laughs> Some Harvey <laughs> Dent shit. <laughs> Yeah, like, and I, I thought about that too. I was like, man, Harvey did. And I was like, God, that sounds corny too. And I was really like listening to a lot of like interviews, you know, saying from Bobby Seale, uh, Amiri Baraka, um, QEP Newton. And, you know, I listened to these just because, you know, sometimes you've got to just gather some wisdom. And that particular sample I had, you know, the idea of, looking at what you're being offered and realizing that it's bullshit. And that's really what he's talking about. He's like, you know, we just want the basics. We want the basic humanity that should be offered us here in the States, but we are consistently being targeted and attacked for wanting it. One thing that he, uh, he discusses, and that was really what I, you know, when I'm kind of talking about is like, what do you want? And you, you hear me kind of talk about it. Like, I didn't want to be me, you know, that's that line, you know, um, are you doing your own thing or you're rapping like Griselda? Me? I'm just Scorsese, Lord Jones. Lord knows. You know, I just want to be myself. I want to live my life. I want to make the music that I want to make. And I think that's the really the kind of crux of it. You know, a lot of people, you know, me and Griff, you know, we, we are our motif. Our motif is wrestling. We both love wrestling. We both love talking about it, watching it. Um, it was a way that we bonded. And so, you know, we've seen people take our ideas, run off with them, like literally take our ideas and run off with them. We've seen people look at the things that we've done and think that it was, it was okay. And we could get mad about it. We could fuss or we could just keep elevating and doing what we do. So that was really how that kind of came together. Now, I don't know why Griff chose that sample, so I'm going to let Griff kind of speak on that. But from a writer's standpoint, yeah, like that was me and Alex really just kind of putting that together. You're talking about the sample for the beat? Yeah. Not the, not the Bobby Seal sample. Um, funny story. That track, I probably made that beat like seven or eight years ago for this kid that I used to work with who was like, hey, do you know how to like, I don't know how to make beats, but I have a track I want to sample, you know, can we can we do this thing? I could send you the track and, you know, we can go from there. So I made that for him like forever ago. And then I don't know, he was I guess he never did anything with it. I don't even think he raps anymore. Um so I figured at about the seven year mark, that's about the point that I could be like, all right, this isn't happening. Let me pass this beat off to somebody else. So when I was putting through stuff for this project, we were definitely having a, like the vibe was definitely leaning towards a lot of like soul samples and R and B samples and things of that nature. So I'm like, Oh shit, this will probably work perfectly. And sure enough, boom, bang, pow. Yeah. It's definitely yep. an, a song on the album that catches you right away. As soon as you see the title, like I can't wait to hear what they're talking about on this one. Yeah. It's like coming back is like an early favorite. Like that's the one like across the board. People are just like, yo, Bobby Seale is my favorite song. I'm like, all right. I, I don't want to say that's crazy, but like, so Bobby Seale and uh, Griffin will tell you, Griffin's actually who decided who placed it second on the record. Um, I think when I had it, it was like much later when we were both kind of like kind of working out track list. I think my initial track list, Body Seal, was like fifth or sixth. It was either toward the in the middle or toward the end. And Jason was like, he just he looked at my track list. He thought about it. He called me back. He's like, "Yo, I want to move Body Seal second. And I was like, "After Boring Gun Raps?" Because like literally, like I mean, Boring Gun Raps, I'm I'm murdering everything in sight. <laughs> like, I'm talking all types of, you know, and and. It, I'm talking, I'm talking big shit. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm setting the tone for the project, you know, like Jim Cornette was known for his mouthpiece. He was known for, for saying the things that he said. And so here I am doing the same thing. I'm just going off. And then 
here comes Bobby Seale and it's it's this nice political message and you know we're talking about like you know the fit shelters for human beings and being able to live as a black man in the United States so it's like this weird juxtaposition but it worked and I think by placing it second so many people are gravitating to it because you get this it feels like a palate cleanser you know before you jump right back into debt left or I'm right back to murdering motherfuckers right right <laughs> a different song named after a real person but not quite the same right correct you, you know, you're seeing that, and, and that's why you see the duality, you know what I mean? And I think that's what we wanted from, like, Midnight Express. And, you know, I don't want to say, like, my music is not personal. Like, I've done, to like, tons of, like, personal songs. You know what I mean? Like, you can go listen to A World Only Gods Know, and you can find out how I feel about my mom and religion and divorce and everything else. And then you can go and listen to Dream Team, and you can hear me talking about stakes you can't afford and driving speedboats to avoid the cops and we're having a good time <laughs> you know what i mean so it, that's what makes it ill and, and they're I think coming that, for you like, i hear them in the background I, you see that the steak uh, police that up. <laughs> you can't afford that steak it's <laughs> <laughs> a steak aroma baby <laughs> that one's only been out two days you don't have enough money for that steak yet not yet, not yet. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah, we don't get the we don't get the Spotify money for like eight months. Uh, the nice and seven pennies they're gonna send. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man, and speaking of the track listing, so a couple songs we played the last time you guys were on here was obviously Debt Left. We talked about that, but then of course Marvel vs DC with Zilla Rocka and man, you guys the references are just if you don't if you're not paying attention you're gonna miss them. You talk about Jim Lee and Frank Castle. <laughs> Martian Manhunter, two Flash references, unless I missed a third one. It's just so many, dude. So many. What's your favorite reference? I, I like the Jim Lee because nobody talks about the, the the guys who write or draw comics. They always talk about, you know, Superman or Batman, but nobody ever talks about the people who actually create this stuff, sort of like Stan Lee or something. So that's one of my favorite comic book artists. And when I heard his name, I'm like, he just said Jim Lee? And I heard Alan Moore? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> They're not just yeah. talking about characters that anybody who's seen a movie knows who Superman is. Like, do you actually know who wrote Superman or drew him? Like, that's a big deal to me when someone actually talks about something that a comic reader would actually be able to relate to. So, yeah, I, I thought the Jim Lee thing was pretty cool. Ah, all right, so now i got to ask this question. Did you catch the last reference in the very last line that I said? Let me see. Uh, I probably don't have it written down here. I know... Frank Castle, what that wasn't you. He he um Zilla said that one, right? That was Zilla, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mine was uh a major force in my own right. Fuck around, fifty four shots, you in a box, past the bud light. Fifty four, that's a reference, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. There's one more reference in there. So do you know who Major Force is? Nah. School me on that one. <laughs> I think that went over my head. So have you ever heard of a uh, woman in refrigerator syndrome? Nah, that's a new one too to me. School's in session. Right, cool. I'm a yellow bus let's, right now. Let's do this shit. So, Gail Simone, um, of course, the writer for Catwoman, Wonder Woman, etc. Yeah, got to meet her a couple times too. Yeah, she's really great. She's amazing, amazing person. She's actually one who coined the term women in refrigerator syndrome. Okay. So, it comes from a Green Lantern comic that uh, talks about like the dehumanization of women in comic books. And Green Lantern comes flying in after a hard day patrolling the galaxy, flies into his into his apartment, goes to his refrigerator to get a Bud Light. He opens it, and his girlfriend is just murdered 
and just stuffed inside the refrigerator. Yikes. And the person who did it, yeah, like literally, that's the only that's the only time you ever heard of her. It's the only time you ever see her. Then he closes it, and he goes to hunt down the villain. The villain's name was Major Ford. Man, yeah, I definitely and did not ever read that book. I need to find it though. <laughs> that's crazy. Yes, and the and the number is number fifty four. Gotcha. Ah, so therefore, so anybody listening, go look for that one. Major force in my own right. Fuck around. 54 shots. You in a box. Pass the Bud Light. Shout out to Gail Simone. That's that's dark for like a Green Lantern book. Yeah. I mean, that's all space shit that's usually, it. you know. <laughs> but that's the weird part because it was, so, it was treated so nonchalantly that when Gail Simone read it, she was like, you treated this woman's life like a complete and total afterthought. Like she just she didn't she doesn't exist as anything else but a plot point, right? And that's why she that's why she she coined the term like women in refrigerator syndrome, and really started kind of like driving home the need to have nuanced female characters in DC comics. There it is, you and, know? and she's done so much great work. Red Sonia, Batgirls, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, definitely big up to Gail Simone. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I definitely learned something new. See, not only are you guys entertaining, it's like it's like Karis One, it's edutainment. You're also entertaining uh-huh. and giving us education right here, right off the top. <laughs> Man, thank you. See, that's but that's what we want, like we want people to catch like all of those like ill references and turns of phrase, like man, like Marvel vs. DC is one of my favorites just because like I got to nerd the fuck out. You know, and, and Zilla Zilla's like matching me like line for line. Like I was reading his shit when we were planning out the record and I'm just like oh oh okay you want to talk about fucking Krakoa and Oa now I gotta really like dive into my bag and you know what I mean yeah you start pulling out your and boxes why, Where, where's my bagged Green Lantern books I gotta pull these out and... yeah like I had, to, <laughs> I had to sit I had to really sit and think for a minute and go oh oh okay this is what we're doing huh you wanna <laughs> fine you wanna mention and it's funny cause he didn't realize he, he hit me later when he heard the album, he was like, yo, I love your Jim Lee line at the beginning. He's like, why did you tell me you said that shit? I was like, because I wasn't going to have you rewrite your line. And it's not similar to what I said. Like, you know, like my right. line, weapons are drawn. I'm Jim Lee with the brush. Hush. Ain't shit to discuss. Like, that's the dope, you know, just. He had to crumple to up his Jack Kirby stuff. line and throw it away. I'm like, ah, that's too old of a reference. Yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> exactly. Like, that shit's dope. Like, leave that shit. You know what I mean? And. It, it was just like I said, you know, just getting a chance to rap about all this. And shout out to Mo Nichols um, for the for the scratches. Uh, Those are awesome. Yeah, yeah. The cuts on that song and Ode to Camp Low, the on point, man. Just really add that extra seasoning to those songs, man. Yeah, that was all. That was all Mo. Actually, and shout out to Steel Tip Dove. Um, one time, he's actually the person who he's so Steel Tip Dove was the one who uh, mixed and mastered the record. And he was the one who connected me with Mo Nichols because I was like, yo, I really would love to have a mean scratch fest at the end of this record. And he was like, yo, I know I know a DJ. I can, I can connect you with him. And, you know, I talked to Mo. Mo did it right away. And I think there's actually like a two minute long version of him scratching all the shit that I put. I, like, I, I mean, I, I stayed up like half the night, like finding all so like all those little samples and stuff that you hear every like every like, right. piece of like I found all of those. Because, like, I was just, like, going through video after video after video. Like, because I wanted it to sound like a fight. You know, Mo did his thing and scratched it and put it together. And then when uh, Al, and, uh, Jason got it, Jason broke it apart and really kind of 
brought the record, the entire record to life versus it all being at the end. Yeah, I love the exhibit sample too. That was, it's like, whoa, there we go. It set it off. It set it off. Listen, for my money, it's still the best rap comic book line, period. It's it's my favorite one. Just the X Men catch me doing drills in the danger room, like off that Tekken sway. I was yeah, like, it's a no brainer. I have to use this line, and I'm really glad Jason put it at the beginning of the song. You know what I mean? Because it just it feels like that's how you're supposed to set it off. It was Marvel vs. DC. How you got to set it off? But it's, it's I fuck it. Look, Jason sent me that fucker. I really thought like Jason. One of my of course long running joke. Jason never sends me good beats. He always sends his dopest shit to everybody else, and then I hear it on their <laughs> shit and go, "What the fuck, man." I, you were saying you couldn't have rapped over this? And then he'll he'll placate me by sending me like another beat and go, oh, here, take this one instead. And I'll be like, that's not as dope as this. But then I'll write into it anyway. <laughs> yeah, Jason, you're sending those jobber beats. Is that what it is, right? You talked about this last time, I think. <laughs> Jason always sends me the beats that, that I got to like work really hard to rap over. Enhancement talents. Right, you got you got to put Jason yeah. over with this one. <laughs> no, this East Hampton Polo Boy beat, man. I'm just... You know, got to be in the ring. But this time, like, he, I got it. And the first thing I did, I texted him back. I was like, are you sure this is for me? <laughs> like, this is dope. <laughs> and he was like, first of all, after he said, fuck you, he was like, no. Like, what do you think? And I was like, yo, I'm definitely going to write to this. And I said, this just sounds like a Zilla beat. And then that got me to thinking. I was like, yo, what if I did an ill back and forth with me and Zilla? And I don't know why. Originally, I think I was going to do, like, four bars each. So it was, like, four bars, Zilla back and forth. And I wrote my, I wrote the very first four and I left a blank. And Zilla just came in with eight bars. So I was like, oh, well, fuck it then. We're going to do eight. And, and actually, again, one of those little moments where like a small change makes like a big ass difference. Because it allowed the, the whole record to flow. You're able to kind of let some of those bars breathe. It's, it's hard to kind of, all the shit, like the references that we're using, some of that shit just requires like some setup. It requires a bar or two to really make it land and, and create right. that impact. You know what I mean? So it worked out getting eight bars to do that shit. And of course, a follow-up on the album, Ode to Camp Low, which is a song we played on the podcast before. And I'm a big fan of that record. I put it on a mix I made a couple months ago. So shout out to both of you dudes. I had to bring up the line that Alaska used. He said, here's the thing about this album. Props to both of you guys and everybody who featured on it. I had to keep Googling stuff while I'm listening to it. You know, because I, I don't know. I, I'm a nerd, but I don't know every damn thing. You know, there's some stuff that, you know, I'm an old ass man. I forget stuff. I got a 15 month old running around. I'm, I'm noticing I'm forgetting stuff I used to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, I'm like, Lana Sands? Who the fuck? Who's Lana Sands? Like, I know, I know Darlene. I know Maya. Like, hold on a second. And I looked her up. I'm like, okay. All right. There we go. <laughs> but um, that record, man, definitely being a Camp Low fan, I like the vibe of it, the, the way it, it, it kind of felt like a Camp Low record without actually trying to be a Camp Low record, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Talk, talk about the way you guys put that one together. Go ahead, Jason. You want to start? I mean, I feel like your version of it, it's more exciting. Or is it even? <laughs> my version, of course, my version is more exciting. I figured you wanted to talk yeah. to Well, Jason, this is actually one of the beats Jason sent us. It was this, and it was another beat called uh, You Can't Get No Shots Out, which was going to go with our boring gun rap. Oh, no, 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 but I remember I remember the working beat title of uh, Ode to Camplo was Muggsy Drogues. Yes, which is an <laughs> ill-ass name, actually. Yeah. I'm like, wait, wait, why can't we just call it Muggsy Drogues? So when it was originally, I can tell you this. When I originally sat down and wrote to it, I was going to leave it as Muggsy Drogue. And I wrote a... So, Strang Wonder. Hurricane Strang is one of my favorite fucking records. And so, I actually started my verse like that. It was like, Corsese coming like a hurricane, licking shot, more untouchable than children who was anti-vox, track bump like needles and mumps, so what you want? And 
it was real dope. And I, I knew I was like, you know what? I really want to do an older, I don't say an older flow, but I want to do like a classic flow. I don't really, I don't do that too often. You know, I usually just kind of use my own. And um, But every once in a while, like you just want to kind of do this. And I think I put the beat down and me and again, I was in Alex's house and his apartment and I was drinking. I was like, yo, I want to do some Camp Low shit. You know, the Camp Low, again, like the wild, colorful slang. It's their own, I mean, they're talking their own language. And even if you understand it, you don't You don't really understand it. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. And the way they go back and forth, too, and then that, like, Lucina yeah. song. Yeah, like, yeah, that that whole feel. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and one of my favorite songs on that first Camp Low record is truly Black Connection, which on its yeah. surface is a story song. But nobody can really tell you what the story is about. <laughs> right, <laughs> but it's one hundred. If you listen to it, it's one hundred percent a story song. Like something happens to Geechee Suede, and uh, what's it called has to come help him. And you get, like, there's a there's a there's a clear there's a thread. If you actually said, "Yo, explain what Black Connection is about," nobody's gonna give you an answer. When I'm done playing Midnight Express, I'm gonna go grab that Uptown Saturday Night CD and throw it in the car so I can hear what Sonny Chiba was talking about in that one. Go <laughs> so listen to it. And, that's actually where, like, that's how my verse starts. Is it goes back to that Sunny Chuba, the way he he starts his verse off, and that's actually how I end my verse because I was like, okay, ill, I'm gonna write a story, and my brain works really linearly. So even when I'm trying to be like super esoteric, I still can't help but make connections because it's just the way my mind works. So once I started like rapping, it was like you know another day, another dollar in mountains of Guatemala, sipping alizé and vodka, dividing up a metropolis. We metroplex, transform and absorb and bearing Corbin and Cashmere, smooth and half away, put the cash away. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm like, yo, I want to keep writing. Like, this is so ill and fun. That's two Baron and Corbin I, I references, by the way. That's a record. Of course. <laughs> shout out to King, shout out to King Corbin, goddammit. One of the last <laughs> working heels left. And if you don't like him, that means he's doing his job. Correct. Like, if you, yeah, if you like the heel, he's not doing his job. I don't care what you think about MJF or anybody else. You're not supposed to like the heel. Alaska was... um That Ricky Lake line? I, Dude. <laughs> listen, Alaska murdered this record, man. And it, it, it came out of nowhere. We were we were cooling out. Um, I, you know, I listen to call out culture all the time. Um, you know, I chat with Alaska on Twitter. He just happened to, to put like a random smoke signal. He's like, yo, I'm doing a couple of verses. You know, I want to do like, I want to do like two or three verses this year. So the first two or three people that hit me up with the budget, I'll work with them. And I don't even think I told, uh, Jason this because originally like Ode to Camp Low was supposed to be me, Alex, and I was trying to get Geeky Suede on the record. And, like, I was just, like, desperate. Like, he, he's a hard guy to, like, once you get, engage him, he kind of goes in and out. You know, he's an old-school New York cat, man. So That would have been something, but yeah. Yeah, you know, all this emailing and following up shit. And, hey, I'm on, he's kind of like, eh, I'll get to it. And so I sent, I hit up Alaska. And he's like, yeah, I'm down to do it. And I was like, I'll send you two records. Um, and I sent him Detlef and I sent him Ode to Camp Low. And he was like, yo, I really like both of these records, but I want to do this Ode to Camp Low shit. Do you mind? And I was like, yeah, choose with that. That's why I sent you both. Choose the one you want. And then he hit me up. was like, yo, what are we doing on the third verse? And I was like, eh, I guess I was going to do a third verse or whatever. And he was like, yo, you want to go back and forth? And I was like, what? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that build up to it. That's what's great about that song. It's in, it's almost like anticipate that that last couple bars you guys have. That's true. What makes it so ill is 
we were we were trying to record them both together. Like I was gonna go to New York to record it with him. And we get, you know, obviously quarantine happened, so we couldn't get together. And so I was like, yo, just write whatever you do and I'll I'll fill in it afterwards. And he that's what he did. Everything he did, I just kinda came behind. And I just you know, I didn't say I'd make it work, but I was just like, yo, just just let me know your la- your first line or your last line. I don't wanna know the middle and I'll make it happen and man, it just came out so good. And then of course the track Ooh. after that. We talked a lot of wrestling on here, and it's you know it's kind of eerie because Kamala just passed recently. But the Survivor Series '92 and the the sound from the the, the match Undertaker the coffin match hearing Paul Bears in the background it's kind of creepy sounding because that dude's voice just you know creeps me out. But uh, talk about that record. That's another one. I just I had to go look up Survivor Series '92. It's been a long time since I watched it, but I watched that match yesterday with Kamala and Undertaker. It's been a minute, you know. It's like, yeah, I forgot about. They put the nails in there and everything. Crazy. So, you know, so you know that record was originally it was written when, and it's so funny that that record works because I was telling, uh, I was telling Jason I was worried that record wasn't going to fit anymore. I wrote that record when Kamala Harris was running for office. He's running for president. And that's where the Kamala reference comes from. And that's why I wanted to use that because her campaign was dying. So, of course, the, the putting the nail in the coffin, that was everybody, that was supposed to be, you know, obviously metaphorical. Um, and you hear me tell it, Kamala, she's a problem. The lesser of two evils. You got to vote for Kang or Kodos. <laughs> you know, like, so you got to vote for somebody. But fuck, man, Kamala Harris is a terrible candidate. And it just so happened that, you know, Joe Biden ended up choosing her to be the running mate. So now the record still works. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Twice that's worked out for you, like you said, with uh, Igudala and now uh, Kamala Harris. Yes. And that's what I that's what I mean by like Midnight Express is a fucking everything about it worked because it wasn't supposed to work. It was 100 percent supposed to fail. It was 100 percent. I don't say fail. That's the wrong word. It was 100 percent. When we looked at it, we were thinking about it. We we're like, this is so good. And if people put this record up and they give it, like I said, me and Jason Griff, we're not nobodies, but we're not somebodies either. You know what I mean? Like, we'll probably never be featured on like the front page of Bandcamp. We'll probably never get like an okay player write up or, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? And that's cool. I mean, for me, it's cool. I don't know. I don't want to speak for, for Jason, but. It's cool with me because I'd rather make the shit that I want to make and be as weird and quirky and say whatever the fuck we want and not have to worry about, am I pleasing this guy or do I got to sell these sweatshirts or whatever? And so, like, the fact that this that this album has been so well received, like, I, I can honestly say, like, I haven't heard or seen any, like, negative feedback from it. Yeah, and it's only been out, you know, such a short time. I mean, it's only, to me, it's only going right. to grow from here, from this point forward, because everybody's going to hear about it. Word of mouth is obviously the, the best way to let people know social media, things like that. So, yeah, I, I feel like you guys are going to get even more accolades. This album is a banger. People listening, go cop this record. I mean, don't mess around. Uh, I did the post. At, shout out to you guys for reposting it. The picture, I put it on top of the turntables, the oh, CD and the, the sticker and that everything. Was a great and, photo. Yeah, I mean, I always try to do that. Whenever I get an album, I, I try to like promote it in a way. Like, here, here's I bought this. Go listen to these dudes or check this album out or whatever. So, yeah, big up for reusing it. Uh, my Peter Parker Stees, you know, uh, taking the picture of it uh, with my, my iPhone, my old ass iPhone, not an Android, but. Uh, 
<laughs> Talk about the cover art of this album too, because that's kind of what I'm getting at with the photo. Who, how did that come about? Did you guys have a lot of input in that, or did you have somebody do all the work for you on that one? Uh, yeah. So I knew once I think once me and Jason kind of talked about the name, like Midnight Express, and like you know, because I mean, obviously Jason knew when I said, "Yo, Midnight Express," he's like, "Yeah, I know that. It's Cornette," and I was like, "Yeah." What if that should be the name of the of the album? You know what I'm saying? Like, let that be the name of the album. And he was like, okay. And uh, the guy got it. It actually was, um, again, quarant- like one thing about quarantine, sitting in a house for hours on end, I had hours on end to just look through people's artwork and look at albums and, you know. And so uh, Flash is Clayton. He dropped a project called The Craftsman. Um, and I looked at the artwork and I was like, yo, this artwork is so ill. And the person who did it, a guy named Captain Watts, out in uh, California. And I hit him up. I was like, yo, you know, would you, you know, you have to do some art? He's like, yeah. And I told him the idea. And uh, the original picture was the one where like Jim Cornette's down on his knees pointing back to the two guys. And I was like, what if we made the third person like a blank face? So it was me on one side, other person on the other. And Jason looked back at it. He was like, eh, I'm not feeling it. And so Captain Walsh was like, yo, you mind? Let me just pose him. And then he came up with like that blue background to really like just set both guys off. And I told him, I said, put, you got to put the Grish Scorsese in the tennis racket. Make that the, you want people's eyes to go from the tennis racket. Um, obviously for me, because I was, he was like, yo, do you want to be shirtless? And I'm like, no, I, you know, I got my signature piece. It's always like my crown um, or any picture you see. Uh, I was like, give me my crown, you know, give me the jewels, put me the, in the big dusty robe. That's actually the uh, the fur coat the Dusty Dusty wore. Uh, WCW, WCW Power Hour, when he was cutting promos. And so I was like, yeah, give me that big robe and just make it just us two, world's greatest tag team. It looks really crazy. And then the back, I just wanted it to look like an old school. It has like a comic book vibe, school. too. I'm, I'm staring at it right now while you're talking. Yeah. And, you know, it feels like, you know, like something somebody would have, maybe Jim Lee would have drawn, you know, something like that. Yep. And he's a, he's a comic artist. So that's why I said it. Like, it, everything is kind of clicked. Everything is kind of clicked. And I, man, like he, and once I saw that piece, I just told him, I said, fuck it. I need to do all the art, you know, do every piece. And he was like, okay, what do you got next? And I just asked Jason, you know, like, what do you want to be a single? And Jason was like, well, obviously Detlef's got to be a single. And so I went with the, you know, again, I'm a Miami Heat fan. So I went with the iconic picture of, of D Wade after he throws the lob to, uh, to LeBron, you know, of course, Jason Griff running his way with the hands raised in victory. Holding the tennis uh, racket, yeah. <laughs> yeah, holding the tennis racket on the basketball court. Which I was like, because he was like, no, Watts asked me, he was like, you sure you want to win the tennis racket? I said, bro, if Jason Griff shows up on this art without the tennis racket, it's already wrong. Like, that's the point. <laughs> he's got to have he's got to have the fucking tennis racket. Um, the second one was like Marvel vs. DC. And I wanted it to look like a uh, like Marvel vs. Capcom. Like, you know, when you get the little the three guys yeah. getting ready to fight. And I asked each one of them, I said, who's the, what's the first random comic book character you can think of? And I think Jason, Jason said Cyborg, uh, Griff said Forge. So I was like, okay, fuck you both. I'm going to go like random as fuck. And I picked like Newt from like, <laughs> the, like, the, the, like the crazy, like the crazy Captain America who had to get yeah. taken pills. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... But, I mean, it just it came out great. And then, obviously, owed to Camp Low. I just sent him a Camp Low cover. I was like, yo, do a Camp Low cover except with us on it. And so he freaked it. And, uh, man, whew. And then you guys posted today the uh, the Royal Rumble artwork, 
where all the yeah. guys are featured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's those checking out. Go to go to social media. Go to Instagram. Follow these two on there, and you'll see these pictures we're talking about. Please listen. Those are the insubordinate uh, war games. You know what I mean? We had to when we, we decided to do to create our own vinyl. Um, one thing I wanted to do was obviously have a new back cover, and for the back cover, my big thing was can we get everybody on the back? I wanted every single artist on the back, not in like a, 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 a mean or disrespectful way, but I was like, everybody should be in the ring doing some wild shit. And it had to be war games, a double-sided ring. You know what I mean? Cause again, we're back in the territory era. And so I just sent uh captain Watts again. And he was like, yo, just send me their faces and I'll make it work. And if you look and you, you look at each one, you can actually see like he made sure he drew everybody's face. Like that was the first thing that like uh, Sleep Sinatra said when he saw it. He was like, "Oh shit!" I didn't like Sleep posted it, and I don't think he realized that was him until I, I until I got the actual print <laughs> in the house. Because like the I mean the, so like I can tell you this the little the regular like Instagram four by whatever square does these prints no justice when you see them live, and then you can see everybody's faces and everything else. And of course, Griff's still trying to figure out why he's being suplexed. Uh, <laughs> but, they always beat up the manager. I mean, they always you know, beat up the manager. <laughs> I mean, I understand that somebody's manager. gotta, but I understand somebody's gotta take a bump. But like, I mean, my name is on the front of the fucking album. I should be getting put over on the back. You're not gonna get put over in the back. That's the point. You're the manager. Like, it's, so it's called the gusher number one. So you're lucky you're not bleeding so, all over the place. So I should be sliding a chair under the bottom rope for you. Then nobody would see your face. Yeah. See? <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the point. Or holding the top rope down so somebody could flip over, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to be seen sliding the chair in there, the brass knuckles, or the belt. That's, but I got my belt on. I need to take my belt off. <laughs> I'm in the ring talking shit. <laughs> this is what happens when Jason Griff doesn't get to decide what's going to be on the art, and I do. So, oh, that's one of. <laughs> we're actually doing three dope prints. Um, yeah, I'm about that to hit, one. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit uh I'm gonna hit Reggie up right now and tell him to change that other print. <laughs> Some creative differences about to happen here. Shout out to Reggie. <laughs> have it have Reggie it be Reggie. a heel turn where I'm standing over him with my new client. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Look, all right. If I have to if I have to write another version of Who Shot Jason Griff, or we got to do the Midnight. Ex- the Midnight Express versus the Midnight Express. We'll do it, goddammit. <laughs> Feels like Piper's like pit Chucky. right now. You're going to pull the chain off his neck and rip his shirts and accept he, the challenge? He forgot. <laughs> so, and is, here's, the, here's the irony, right? So we, we switched it to the white cover for the vinyl and the white and red because I wanted to represent the gusher, like when Jim Cornette bled in the white suit. Jason forgets that what happened there was Jim Cornette came out with his version of the Midnight Express and then Paulie dangerously attacked him with the with the original Midnight Express. So if you're gonna have two guys come out and beat me up, I'm just gonna have to do the same thing on the other side and get me my own Paulie dangerously. I'm gonna keep this fucking angle going. You hear me? With the old cell phone, right? <laughs> with the old cell phone, as you see. <laughs> that would hurt if you got hit with that thing. That's like a brick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that's how he actually how he got cut open. They were, his, he wasn't supposed to bleed that bad, and that was a hard way cut. So I, I think Jason, what he's trying to say is he really sold it well, and you're you're doing the same thing in this illustration apparently. So. 
Yep. You guys working on any uh, videos or anything like that? Is there any visuals we could expect to see from the album also? Probably. I am I'm 80% hopeful that we're going to get some videos shot. Um, I was supposed to shoot a video back in August. Uh, you know, unfortunately, my brother um, died. And yeah, sorry to hear, man. Condolences for sure. Yeah. No, nah, I appreciate that, man. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I just completely missed out uh, being able to shoot with Zilla. Um, I'm hopeful in October I'm going to be able to shoot two quick videos, um, one with Zilla, and hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, Ode to Camp Low with Alaska. So if I get both of those done, because we're, like I said, we've got a lot more content coming from Midnight Express. Um, Prince P, Cashmere P, is uh, remixing the whole project as we speak, so you're going to get the Cashmere Express. So even after you, if you if you cop the Gusher, um, the, the vinyl, you're going to get the entire album remixed by a ton of dope ass producers. We've got some some producer, one producer only remixes coming. Um, people have realized that we are doing short, uh, absolute short runs on any uh, CD projects that we do. So if you don't get your CD off the top, like DJ Soundwave, because guess what he did? I got number 13. I'm looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and doesn't that limit it before the release? Yep. Tell him. I, I don't want to talk about my own shit right now. Yeah, yeah. Tell them about tell them about that that insubordinate record when you get an insubordinate records package. What does it look like? Man, I mean, you get the CD. It's signed, by the way, which I always love when that happens. Thirteen to twenty. So there's only seven of the cats after me who got a CD copy. Came with a sticker. I got the pin. And uh, like I said, look on uh, my Instagram. I posted it. These fellows right here, they they also put it up as well. And it was just great to get that. I got the download also on the Bandcamp app. I could listen to the album, although. Only a couple songs are released before Thursday, so I couldn't hear the whole thing in that regard. But now you can hear the whole thing. It's all there for you. So, yeah, man, big up to you guys. Insubordinate Records, definitely in the building. Yeah, man. We we believe in high quality. We believe in, in pre-sales, not pre-orders. So when we say pre-sale, that means that we're buying it up front. You're going to get your product from us, man. And we're going to make sure that what you get is high quality and always with some extras, always with something else that you can look forward to. Um, and that's the type that's the type of shit that we want, man. We want people to open up their package and want to take a picture of it. Like, oh shit, it is just a CD stuffed into an envelope with no no thank you note or no, you know, no stickers or no dope pin that I can put up and people can ask me, Yo, where is that from? You know what I mean? Exactly. That's the whole point, you man. Know, so- and that's the best way to promote too. I mean, you know, give me more stuff to tell people about. And to, to brag yep. that I got in this package, you know, I wasn't expecting. I didn't know I was getting that stuff. So, definitely shout out to you guys. Yep. And where can people find this? Find the music. I know the CD is sold out, but they can get the vinyl, like you said, just digital yep. copies. You know, however, anything socks. You guys got everything. We got socks. Yeah. So Midnight Express. Um, we got the socks. We actually have a sock promotion going on right now. So I think there's like twenty six pairs left. If you buy a pair of the socks for fifteen bucks, you get a, a download of the album along with it man like the whole album uh so that's a dope little deal it's only going on till the end of september then i'm taking it off I'm doing it for my birthday so i hope you guys come and support us i've already seen like three or four people take advantage of it which is pretty ill um the socks again 100 percent embroidered uh they're beautiful they match the album cover um you got me on one side griff on the other side protecting your ankles i mean the world you got the world's strongest you got the world's strongest tag team 
protecting your ankles. What more can you want? You know, high quality shit. Um, we got our Making Towns bundle. The Making Towns bundle comes with a CD. So we actually have CDs to the side just for these bundles. Comes with a vinyl of your choice. Comes with a pair of the socks. Comes with a uh, Jason Cornette ping pong racket. Comes with a Jason Cornette ping pong ball. Comes with three exclusive prints that are not going to be available to anybody else. So just like uh, Jason was talking about the print from Reggie, that's going to be included. And then we're the third print, we should be here tomorrow. Should be in my house tomorrow. And so I can take pictures of those. So you actually get all the prints. Plus you're getting an exclusive uh, pin that I haven't shown anybody yet. And an exclusive t-shirt. So these are only going to be five of these t-shirts that are going to be made. Right. And they get, they all feature the, uh, the scratch artwork from uh, Captain Watts. So five T-shirts only for the people that's making towns. Like you're not a making towns high 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 roller investor. This ain't for you. But if it is, and you want the best of the best, that's yours. The vinyl is up right now again for pre-sale. Uh, white with red splatter. Um, your choice of co- of cover and uh, vinyl sticker. Which we're fingers crossed. We're just waiting for the last bit of confirmation. But the music's already been sent off. We're expecting to have our vinyl back by November. I should have the test pressing in October vinyl will be shipping out in november and like i said man we're excited we're excited for all of this shit man and insubordinaterecords.com go there pick up everything grab whatever you need man life is good jason but now nah, you pretty much summed it all up there yeah you forget anything oh uh, social media platforms I where can people so. find you on uh, instagram twitter oh, um, places like that i'm on in- instagram twitter uh i am jason griff i got a facebook page but you know it's facebook so yeah, your aunt might be on there, but that's about it. Nobody who's going to buy the records on Facebook, so. Yeah, I don't know. You know what, though? We, <laughs> At least my aunt's on there. He's off of Facebook. Okay. So, because um, yeah. now, I mean, with Facebook owning Instagram, you can just link that shit. So, like, I don't really have to actively go to Facebook to do yes, any, 100%. any promo there. I just click, I click a box, and it automatically posts the shit to Facebook. Um, I'll tell you what about Facebook. Like, I was going to deactivate my account, but I kind of couldn't because I need... I, I still want to have the music page present there. But and Russians might buy your music, so leave it leave it open. You never know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm big in Russia, you know. But um, I went through and I and I unfollowed everybody. So all 800 some friends I had, like we're all still Damn. friends, but I don't see anything they post. That's the heel move right uh-huh. there. Somebody well, woke up the know, next day like, oh, I'm friends with Jason only, Griff. The motherfucker's gone. <laughs> the only the only person that I did not mute was my wife. And uh, and I have a couple groups that I'm like group chats, you know, on their Facebook groups are that are that are just like absolutely fantastic. So I didn't want to lose those just because I, I hated the, the, the toxic nature of Facebook so much. So I would highly recommend that for anyone. I swear I invested like two hours in it, but it was well <laughs> worth it. I go on Facebook all the time now. It's great. I, I'm on part of a wrestling group on Facebook. That's really the main reason why I stick with it. You know, and like you yeah, said, you can I'm link it with of, Instagram. I'm so a, I'm a part of a group on there um, dedicated to the Fireside Bowl, which um, if you if you're not familiar with that, it was a it was a bowling alley on Fullerton um, in Chicago. Okay. Um, in like like Logan Square area. Yeah. Um, that was uh, converted into an all ages punk rock venue. So like it was literally a bowling alley. Um, that was, uh, I think originally they were using the bowling alley, but they just stopped doing any bowling there. So like, it's this huge building, the, the bowling alley lanes, and then like crammed in the corner is a stage. And like the area to watch the bands play was just like, you know, that area at a bowling alley where like the balls would be like behind all the chairs where people are bowling. So like, if you could imagine how small that is and like, you know, 
300 teenagers stuffed in there watching yeah. the band. It was it was fucking awesome. It was disgusting, but it was it was an amazing time. And I'm assuming um, right so now gonna, nothing's going on there. No, they were they were they've been done for years. Like right. the neighborhood, uh, the neighborhood got totally gentrified, and like whatever, the aldermen convinced them to shut down. And it was just it was I guarantee every night there was several fire ha- fire fire hazards. Jeez, yeah, so many good clubs in Chicago here are gone. I used to go to the Shrine all the time. That one's gone and. Metro closed recently. I'm trying to think of some other ones. The Abbey Pub. There's like, there's hardly anywhere. Well, obviously with COVID, you can't go anywhere anyway. Is, is the but, Abbey gone now? Yeah, it had a fire like um, some years ago. I was talking oh, to. I didn't uh, even know that. Yeah, I was talking to Acrobatic about it because he had fond memories of. That's where I saw him perform. He's like, man, I can't believe that, that, was, that place that is was gone. Always the, um, that was always the spot when like indie hip hop would come through. Um, they'd always play the Abbey. Like, because yeah, I saw Acrobatic there as well with Lyft and. Uh, yeah. I saw um, Soul Position there. Like, that Soul Position show I saw there is one of the top five all-time rap nice. shows I've ever been to. Like, Blueprint is so amazing on stage. Yeah. No, I, and I saw Mad Lib there. Yeah, there's some good shows that I've seen at that place. I, I think I want to remember is Willie Evans Jr. and Mr. Liff was the show, I think, most recently. Nice. I was, that's a, that was a while ago. Omers and Fashion. Yeah. But too bad there's, these okay. spots aren't around. You guys could be performing. I, I know that would be another thing you guys would love to do is perform in front of a crowd. Yeah. That was, it's crazy. I was talking with Alaska about that shit. Um, like, how much I would love to perform this album. Like, I, one thing that sucks uh, about where I live, so I live in D.C., um, and there aren't a ton of, like, performance opportunities here in D.C. Like, there just isn't. Like, you can, like, as a rapper, you know, you can perform as a singer, you can perform as a songstress you can perform open mics but there's no like rap open mics there's no rap right. uh i can let me rent this venue out and just you know and obviously with covid going on you can't really rent venues anyway but i have been like wanting to perform this music for a while now like let me get in front of somebody i would love to get in front of somebody and do fucking boring gun raps or i'd love to get in front of people and rap Survivor Series 92 and oh, like it's it's been annoying man yeah um, I can't even imagine man you know so just thinking about solutions we might do a I know we're no me and me and Griff are gonna go live uh this weekend to kind of discuss the record um I was thinking about maybe doing a, a live like a virtual performance um I know one of my one of my good studio buddies he has a location where I can do that um, so I was thinking about it, but just find out there's demand if people want to see it. You know what I mean? Now, viral would be cool. I mean, you could do like a listening party or like a, a something like that where you perform. I think that would be the best way to probably supplement that need for wanting to do it in front of a live audience, which, like you said, it's, it's, not, an, it's not an option. Mm-hmm. And especially in D.C., like you said, you're right. already limited as it is. Correct. You know, so I just want to get out there and just – and like I said, man, I, I want so many more people to hear and see this project and, and get – a piece of this project, man. I want people to hear it. I want people to love it. I want people to to really kind of take advantage of it, man. Man, it's it's a, it's definitely a banger. And like I said, salute to you guys. Midnight Express, Griff Scorsese. Go cop that album. Oh, We're going to play some songs yeah. in this episode here. And 
you know, the episode you guys were on a couple months ago, we played three of the songs back then. So, you know, go back and listen to that episode Ooh. as well. I mean, we're not playing, yes. mm. you know, if, we damn near played you 50% of the album. If you listen to these two episodes of the podcast, you're going to hear, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to say don't mm. buy it, but damn, it's right there for you. So go ahead and hey, look, man, cop that album. On, let them know. It's, it's on all streaming platforms. If you want to um, you want to go to Spotify or Tidal or Apple and you want to check it out, I, hey, go do that. But... You know, again, me, Griff, Alex, man, we do all this out of our own pockets. We do it out of the love. And we're putting out high-quality stuff, man. Take it, take some time. Check us out. Go to insubordinaterecords.com. I guarantee you we got something that you like, whether it's a pair of shorts, whether it's a T-shirt, whether it's hats, pins, buttons, stickers. Man, we make sure that we have everything. And if it's on our site, it's on hand, man. Even if you go back to our older catalog stuff. Still a couple of copies of Dream Team and shirts laying around. Come fuck with us, man. We got a lot of dope-ass music. Do your thing. Yeah, without a doubt. And you blessed me uh, with a couple of remixes we'll play in here as well. So some exclusive material. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Everybody listening, man. Just here. This is, this is right here for you. This is hip-hop at its finest. The new album, Midnight Express. It's available. Go cop it. Griff, the manager, Scorsese, Lord Jones. The heel, face, heel, Face now your face. I'm trying to remember. I, I'm losing <laughs> losing track. You've turned so many times, man. <laughs> the big show, baby. Big show, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before I let you guys bounce, man, I have to ask you about the Roman Reigns turn. Did you guys like that one at all? How are you guys feeling I about that? It. I thought it was. I thought it was done very well. And Paul Heyman's awesome. So there you go. Yeah, it, I mean, I think they have done exactly what they've needed to do with Roman Reigns. Um, and I'm not one of those people that's like, yo, they should have done this years ago because they shouldn't have done it years ago. This is the best way to reintroduce Roman Reigns. Right. I love the way that Paul. So like when you watch Paul Heyman with him and, and go and watch him with Brock and you see the differences. This is where Paul Heyman is. Yeah. Paul with Brock, he treats Brock like a prize fighter. He's out. He's carnival barking. He's yelling at the crowd. Brock barely speaks, if and, at all. Yep. Yes. Brock doesn't have to say a word. He looks at Roman Reigns with like almost like godlike reverence. Like, no, this man mm-hmm. is the truth. And it makes Roman just seem bigger when he's saying and also, less and less. I think too, like they they kind of like subtly weaved in like some reality too, like how Heyman kind of got fired. And then it's like mm-hmm. so like when before when he was coming out with Brock, he was kind of like, It's a pleasure for you to see me here. And then he gets yep. fired. And he kind of comes back and it's almost like Roman brought him back. And like, like he owes Roman. He's in <laughs> Roman's employ as opposed to his partner, right. you know? Um, and it's just like mm-hmm. a subtle thing in like the mannerisms that like Heyman does. And now like them working together all the time, like uh, Reigns' charisma is just off the charts. I think it's just the role that he was he's more comfortable and he was meant to be in the, the total badass. And I even like when Roman grabbed the mic last week, because it's not like he's my favorite person on the mic, but he could speak more than Brock ever could. So when he grabs, I actually oh, want to yeah. hear what he has to say. Cause he doesn't really have to talk because Paul's standing there. So he did all the hard work. Roman just has to drop like a couple like of words. Brock, and that's every it. time Brock, every time Brock grabs the mic, like they have to be worried that he's going to say something racist. Oh <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like I when uh when uh when um when Rollins did the the fake cash in at the Royal Rumble a few years back and like mm-hmm. tossed him the match against Cena and like <laughs> he um the next Monday on Raw like 
Lesnar's in the ring and he takes the mic from Heyman and he's like, get out here, boy. Get out here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, oh God. It's so bad. Yeah, he's not good. And the whole dancing with the briefcase, like it was a boombox or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm good. Brock, could, wherever he's at, he could stay there. I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't need to see him back. Unless he comes back to try to reclaim Paul, and then that's when him and Roman go at it again for, like, the 80th time. Yeah. I mean, it seems like if he comes back, it's going to be they're going to keep them separate, and he's going to go after Drew McIntyre, which is fine. I like that. That's a good match. You know, if he just pops in. I just hate that he pops in and wins so decisively and leaves. Like, I hated the Kofi Kingston thing. Like, Are you talking about Brock? Yeah, Brock. Yeah. Yeah. I did, no, I Roman like Reigns coming in and winning decisively but, is awesome. Yeah. But, um, so can but, you, like, but like, I can tell you this. Hold on before you – you know why that match ended with him and Kofi ended like that, right? Hmm. Because everybody else burnt up all their TV time. That match was supposed to go like 15 minutes. Mm. They only had like they only had like two minutes left on the show. Right. The okay. match started. Right. And then up that early morning with Fox. And that, that was the issue because like other matches ran long. Yeah. So I think they could have done better. But I think if they think because they advertised Brock having that match, they had to have the match. Right. You can't well, it was the debut on Fox. There was, there was, there was no way that they were gonna mess that relationship up. You, yeah, you, know, you remember the te- the text I sent you <laughs> right after that match? I said Brock yeah. Lesnar seemed like the t- Brock Lesnar backstage right now saying the N word a million times. Of course Jeez. he is, but remember, remember the Rock because the Rock went what twenty five minutes at the beginning of the show. Yeah, doing doing Rock promos. That's great. But, like, you could tell The Rock to just be The Rock, but now you screwed the rest of your show. Right. So That makes sense. And Kofi was carrying the belt for how long, and he had to drop it, you know, in a couple minutes. Kofi, yeah. Kofi had it. It wasn't even a couple minutes. That match lasted all, like, 35 seconds. Yeah. It, not even. I think I think it was, it was clocked at, like, 12 seconds or something like that. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. If it was even that long, eight maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And his whole in his whole uh, you know storyline of getting the title in the first place and getting that shot was that he kept persevering over incredible odds and kicking out so many times and then Brock just like all right that's the, it you know the storyline was so it was it was a it was a long running storyline it was epically built up it happened organically and uh, and and it was gone in like the snap of a finger right they went back to what they really wanted eventually. Because they they never yeah. wanted Kofi in that uh, in that spot with the yeah, title. But it was great how that all came to be, and that was a rare occurrence of like like in the modern WWE, like shit happening like organically. Yep, we all watched it unfold, mm-hmm. and we couldn't. Be- I couldn't believe it, but I knew it was coming. But I still couldn't believe they're actually yeah. going to go through with this. They're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, he was supposed to be in that match. It was supposed to be Ali or somebody got hurt or whatever, yep. and. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, thanks again, both of you dudes. I mean, it's an honor having you guys on here again. We'll have you on another time, of course, but uh, insubordinate records. Has anybody ever been on three times? You know what? There has not been. There's been a couple that have been on twice, so uh, you guys might get yeah. the, like that Saturday Night Live. Uh, it was like the five-time uh, uh, code or whatever it was. <laughs> I just saw it one time when I was mm-hmm. watching. We'll have a three-time like belt or something. I don't know. <laughs> then we'll do something for you guys for the next project that's coming out or something for sure, man. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Big up, Absolutely. Griff Scorsese. Absolutely. Go follow them. 
Check out the Ooh, music, please. everything, man. Go get those socks. It's getting cold outside. Get them damn socks on. Yeah, get your ankle. Your ankles is about to get fucked up out here. Yeah, get them cankles covered. <laughs> yeah, and these aren't. Listen, understand what I'm saying when I say these. Is, I don't buy no bullshit from my investors and supporters, man. You're not getting a pair of cheap, thin, stance socks. These are nice, thick, 100% cotton socks, embroidered. They got the Griff Scorsese logo with the king's crown on the toes. You got Scorsese on one leg. Griff on the other, the world's greatest tag team. 15 bucks, man. Get your pair. Get the album. Month of September. After September, that's gone. Shout out to DJ Soundwave. Not one time, not two times, but three times. Salute. The only thing he's done, only thing he's done for us is show love. Not just to us, but all independent artists. Oh, yeah. And Alaska's coming on here, too, by the way. I've been talking to him and a couple other artists you guys work with. So we're we're, we're definitely trying to do big things for you guys. Can we... Yeah. Griff, can we can, can we mention something on uh, on air exclusive to DJ Soundwave that nobody else has ever heard? Man. Uh yeah, I don't I don't I don't see a problem with that. You go go ahead. All right. So Griff Scorsese dropped Midnight Express. The Nation Gang drops in November. Alex Ludovico, White Boys dropping after that. Then our first official non us artist release, Jason Griff, Alaska Adams, collaboration project. Boom, 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 boom. Jeez. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> boom. And all that shit. Man, that's that's exclusive news right there. You heard it here. Heard it here first. Damn. I have been listening to some of these records, and I'm going to tell you like this. I said this earlier this year that Alaska hasn't missed once. When I tell you on this album, he is in rare form. Like, he's got a lot of work coming, man. Cargo Colts is coming uh, with him and Zilaraka. You know, I he I know he's doing more feature work, but this project, this joint he's got with, I don't even know if they got a name for it yet, so I'm not going to go that far, but it's incredible. It is in fucking incredible. I'm just hoping I get to talk shit on it for like 10 seconds. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even know if I'm dope enough to be on this record, man. Like, this shit is fucking nuts. Nuts. It's such a good fucking project. So, that's all y'all get. I'm not I'm not giving away no more. That's enough. That's season. all they deserve. There you that's, go. That's all they deserve, <laughs> man. Winter, winter catalog, East Hampton Polar Boys are coming back real soon with our newest project and a single to drop from that. Cashmere Express. The remix project, the gusher, we got a lot of shit coming, man. Please look for us. We're gonna have a sale, Bandcamp Friday. Um, Alex is gonna be dropping the EP. Nation Games dropping the EP. Yeah, yeah, a lot of new music, a lot of new work. Physicals will be coming out pretty soon. Come shot with us, man. We working now. We working. We back to work. There it is. Can't stop working. Won't stop. Can't stop. Can't stop. Never will stop. <laughs> you know what I mean, there it oh. is. It's an awful reference. <laughs> Oh, I was going to mention one more. I'm actually going to be quiet about that one. I mean, just know I got something else coming, too. Whew, I just thought about it. I ain't going to say it. See, you got to be careful. You let too much out, and then they uh, they come back expecting too much. So you got you to tease them a bit. I think that Alaska thing is definitely some information they need to know. You heard him on the songs that he's done with these cats here. Definitely want to check that out. So big up to Griffin Scorsese. Midnight Express, go cop it. Thank you for coming on Infinite Banter for a second time. Even if you guys ripped on my favorite movie, Juice, I let you guys come back in the door. It's okay. (laughs) 
Trust me, I had discussions Yo, with people after that one. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to rethink my life. I thought Juice was like a classic, so it's all right. Hey, look, man, all I'm saying is go back and watch it again. Just thank you so much, man. All of you, yo, like I said, all all joking aside, all work aside, DJ Soundwave, Infinite Banner Podcast, it's Scorsese, Lord Jones, it's Jason Griff. Fuck Jason Griff, but he's still there. It's cool. You're rocking with Insubordinate Records, man. Alex Ludovico, you already know what's good. White boy coming soon. Griff, you got anything else to say? No, uh, I didn't think no. so. <laughs> That's exactly how you end it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We out, man. Big up to both of you guys. Appreciate it. Much love for coming on here and uh, the album. I'm gonna play it as soon as I hang up, man. Go play it in the car. We got. All I right. took it out of the car so I could do this. So I had it in front of me. I got to put it right back in the car. I'm not done with it yet. It needs another week right. of playing, man. I'm not just saying that because you guys are on the phone. I mean that. I'm playing it at least a couple times. Let Mount Prospect hear it. Let it thump. Because the car test is only the true yes. test for a real hip hop album. So, man, thank you so much for that, bro. No doubt, That's man. What I wanted to hear and we see and, and everybody. No doubt, loving man. It. They loving it, man, and I appreciate it. Yeah, like I told you, the uh, sleeper joint for me is that "Death to Smoky Mountain." That right there. Mm. That might be. It, it's it's Ooh. creeping up as my favorite song. It's not yet, but it's creeping, man. So we'll see. Woo! Take but. it, man. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah big, big up again to you guys and we'll catch you down the line and definitely follow these dudes on social media in supporting records and all that alright alright thanks guys peace peace. peace thank you brother no problem man thank you big big up to Griff and Scorsese for coming on the show and like I promised we've got two remixes to play here uh, this first one you heard the original one if you go back to episode 44 and I definitely hope you do so Tell a friend, tell people. We played three songs in that episode. One of them was Marvel vs. DC with Zilla Rocca. This is a remix of that song. It's called the Chumzilla Remix. And this is just straight heat. I love the samples. There's a Chuck D sample in there. Wu-Tang. Just, just really good. And I'm a comic nerd, so big up on this one. So you're really going to enjoy this. This is off of their vinyl album, which will have remixes of the songs on the digital and CD release. This right here, Marvel vs. DC, the Chumzilla Remix featuring Zillaraka on the Infinite Banter what podcast. Was your favorite match wow. with the Midnight Express? Was there well, one? Man, there were so many of them. That one night, as Stan Lane was stiff and hell. I said, Stan, just, went, just put the damn boots to me. That, and did he do it? Did he do it? Yeah. It was unreal. Yeah. It was unreal. Yeah. This record crew dream team, Marvel vs. DC, best believe me. Gladiator, Superman muscles, where we really be. Shaq vs. Dudley, ain't nothing cuddly, not happy to see. I'm Meryl Reese, who carry champ in every sense. Balls leave scars, the barium, black canarium. Heist of the century, the steel all valerium. Still known to carry him, small bill, I bury him. Get green, my bees now, Jim Lee in 93. Cloak and dagger, ebony and ivory, but the show is weak. Hyperion protected, Criterion collected, cold as Siberian, drinking sweaters, while the flow so inhuman. Dark art, Hellblazer, card sharks who move shit. Genosha to Krakoa, the coast city to Oa. Citywide specials have no coasters, now roll up. I've been more with the Warshack. Matter of fact, my ink more red, tornado death in the forecast. More flash than Wally West. A weapon next to stroke of death, slave of green, rich on cool dreams. A true titan, my dark side is far side. Domino effect, white lines dropping apartheid. So chill, joke for real, though. Savage land surrounded by mics and mutants. Next, unmetal Zilla, Nathan Summers, lightning eye. Dead shots, sniper eye. S dot life and times my next shit. You tick tock and pull a stunt to catch a buzz. You'll be on a march of manhunt. Ain't nothing sweet as deep and strange. Strange, make sure my shorty gets paid. We hoodie up, swinging blades on some 
Also cock the hammer, it's time for action. To the apocalypse, crush planets and king continents. Synonymous with doomsday, war, death, and pestilence. Your arch nemesis, daredevil pitmanship. High flying ultimate, Brian Michael Bishop shit. Don't picture this, my Jace or Jonah Jameson. Broken heavy shooters swing around your block. Your crew of Bettys, a major force in my own right. Fuck around, 54 shots, you in a box, past the Bud Light. This is Gramzilla, Guy Grams, and you're rocking with DJ Soundwave on Infinite Banter. Keep it locked. Peace. What up, Big Bruh? Listen to the Big Bruh Podcast. What's good, people? This is your boy, Big Bruh. I'm the host of Live with Big Bruh, a podcast where I keep it raw, uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. Always keeping it 100 and giving you guys my opinion on topics that you need to go check out. Live with Big Bruh is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, or wherever else like to listen to your favorite podcast make sure you go subscribe rate and share it and while you're at it tell your friends to tell their friends to do the same thing you can find me on instagram facebook or twitter at live with big bruh and remember they can hold you but they can't stop you big bruh out hi this is mark carrier and you're listening to infinite banter We have one more remix here from the Midnight Express album. Again, Griffin Scorsese. Check them out, insubordinaterecords.com. Follow them on social media. But this one right here, Death on Smoky Mountain. I said in the interview, this is one of my favorite songs on the album. It's kind of a sleeper joint. You're not really expecting it. And next thing you know, it slaps you right in the face. This one right here is just real soulful. I love this record, man. It's, It's a classic right off the bat. And this is a remix version of that. So... I'm dying to hear. This is the first time I'm hearing it. I'm debuting it with you guys, man. This is, a, this is essential right here to do something like this. So big up to these guys for giving these exclusive remixes. Go cop that merch. Get those socks. Get that vinyl. But right here, the death on Smoky Mountain Remix from the Midnight Express album, Griffin Scorsese. Bringing it to you, that exclusive shit on the Infinite Banter podcast. What? <laughs> Yeah, caught a heart, I'm all flying with the stick talk. My wrist frost, colder than December in the Arctic. Mr. Sideway, I'm signing you a rhyme. You stuck the toilet, you swear you wanted to keep the flavor. I'm on the grind, four, four, and plus a couple acres. Faith, that's the mustard seed, I spit disease. The human leper, living weapon, twin magic. You're more bella, bitch. A bird fly, eleven for shiny carrots. Ride the carousel, a death twirling. Duck and dodge, it's where you feel the devil's breath. Fingers glance trapezius, still remain chameleon. My thinking hitting Mercury 7. My curse is majestic. Do the math, you a cup pussy. Michael Canellas, that bitch love the snakes. And Tina Morella, you wrestle with the fact you worthless. My paragraphs is furnace. Start your epidermis Searing words in like a circle
sperm and holy water on you heathens Best believe it, stumble drunk inside arenas <laughs> So capture golden bodies, Larry O'Brien's Stanley Cups from Nagasaki to many young Who gives a fuck? Drum samples and snares Get the fisted cuffs and venomous Rest in peace, black mama Gigi, believe me Till I fold tarnish I never tarnish Watch me live it past the physics Spit it for my doors Ill and my cousin Lord's habits Spirit but fuck it Keep trying to get it My homes we own clearance God for the incoherent Reverence channel Heritage Leave no handle Be little No not talking No little me Fire hazard Tie hit the gas Like acid Pass a master Mash it back to traffic Ride the magic Had to blast it Oh lord I'm serious Pound like back in business 97 CDs giving tracks, but I still hear it. I feel like, feel like me, cause ain't a better set of spirits. In life, you got to learn to walk your path, and then you feel me, kid. I said it clearly. Terry Oz is sincerity. It's for my folks, they in the back, we work to fill the breeze. It ain't a dollar in my pocket, we ain't grinding cake. You know what I mean? Make sure you check out my friends at the Bloody Babbles podcast. Hey there, friends. Interested in another podcast to listen to between episodes? Well, you're in luck. Come check out Bloody Babbles podcast. We are a gaggle of babblers who talk of true crime and other gory wonderment. New episodes are released every Tuesday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are streamed. Happy babbling, my friends. Yes, good. You are listening to the Infinite Benter Podcast. Listen, turn it up. Oh, I'm afraid the podcast will be quite operational when your ears arrive. Yes, listen, do it. Do it now. Crank up the power. Unlimited power. Do it. Time for you to leave, assholes. All right, that's it for me. Kirk Acevedo told me it is time to go, and that is exactly what I'm going to do. I wish you would have told me that when I was watching that awful debate last night. Told me to turn the TV off and go hang out with the family, eat some ice cream. I actually did. After that was over with, I was like, you know what? I need some cake and ice cream. You had some in the fridge. I needed something good, something nice, something to remind me <laughs> of a better time. I can't. I can't do it. I don't know why I'm doing it now. I just, ugh, that dude, he does what he does, man. He gets to you, and he knows it, and he lives there, and he hangs out, kicks his shoes off, and just, ugh, can't wait for him to get out of here. Go cop that Griffin Scorsese album. Big up to these guys. Midnight Express. It is a straight banger. I can't say it more than 100 times. I'll say it another 100. Go get it. I got the CD here. I posted it on Instagram. You can check out the pictures of it. Check out links. Find them on social media. I am Jason Griff on Instagram and Jihad Scorsese on Instagram as well for both of these dudes. InsubordinateRecords.com. You can find them on Bandcamp. A lot of merch, a lot of ways to hear the record. 
just really, really good. If you listen to both of these episodes they were on, you probably heard like 50% of the album. So <laughs> there you go. If you didn't like it after hearing that, if you're undecided, you're not sure, you know, kind of like voting, you're not sure what to do, then you've got some other things to figure out in your life. That's all I have to say. So once again, shout out to these dudes. 50 episodes. Man, this is exciting. I can't believe it. I did 50 of these damn things. Big up to everybody who's helped me with this show. I appreciate all of you, and I appreciate everybody who's going to help me with the next episodes. And on the next one, I promise I'm going to talk about the new Public Enemy album. They're back on Def Jam and that new Paris. We need these kind of artists right now in these times of just pure, like, lunacy and democracy is being shattered before our very eyes. Find the show, Infinite Banter, on all digital platforms, usual places, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Castro, now on Anchor, iHeartRadio, you know, the places you find stuff. It's there. Follow the show on Twitter, at Infinite Banter. Infinite Banter Podcast on Instagram, Facebook as well. Go to YouTube, watch clips. So many guests, so little time. But go to YouTube. They're, they're only a minute long. If you want to go back and listen to an episode like I asked you to do, that's fine. Go to YouTube. Go watch a 55-second clip of Cool Kim talking about the UMCs or Cool Rock Ski talking about his favorite Fat Boy song. Go back there and listen. And then you might want to come back and listen to the whole episode. So I appreciate everybody for listening to the show. Big up to Griffin Scorsese. Can't wait to watch the Cubs. They're back in the playoffs. Let's go. Let's beat the Marlins. Something happy to think about. Cubs are in the playoffs. Even the White Sox. Shout out to them. Chicago. We're repping things. Bears are 3-0. and Happy things to talk about instead of that idiot and what was happening on your TVs last night. All right. I'm out of here. <laughs> Check me out on the next episode. You have to laugh through the pain, man. Infinite banter. 50 episodes deep in this. What do you know about that? You do know about that because I'm telling you about it. All right, that's it. Till the next one. I'm out. Hey, asshole, get off the road. Being on the Infinite Banner with my man Mark has been a pleasure.